Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This week in PlayStation, we're talking about should PlayStation buy Square Enix? What's PlayStation's summer plan? And the top 10 most wanted PS5 games. We'll have all this and more because this is PSI Love You XOXO. Welcome to the show, everybody. That's Blessing. That's Janet. I'm Greg, and you can get this show on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. There, you can watch us record it live, get it ad-free, and get the weekly post-show. If you have no bucks toss our way, support us on the Epic Game Store, Fortnite, Rocket League, or Fall Guys with the creator code KINDOFUNNY. You can get PSI Love You XOXO for free with ads and without the post-show on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, Rooster Teeth, and podcast services around the globe thank you to our patreon producers anonymous fargo brady tyler ross delaney twinning first responder and the julian the gluten-free gamer uh and then of course alex j sandoval james hastings casey andrew today we're brought to you by express vpn chime and babble but we'll start with a psn message blessing janet it does me well to see you Cozy Bear writes in on patreon.com slash kind of funny games oh, you oh my God. The Still? Cube. i can't what get rid of it thing Oh, yeah, you tossed it, it again. You're going to break that thing one of these days. Like, it's gonna I, but I broke it once and I reassembled it. That was the problem. Um, that I can't escape it. You know what I mean? You can reassemble a Rubik's Cube. You can't solve it, though. It's also that I, I got all the Puzzle Quest dice still. The dice to, are still sol- to, to reassemble it solved. What kind Let's of see. dice? Are those like D6s or are they, those D20s? They give us a whole bunch of different ones. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's yeah. awesome. I hear it's I the, the Millennium Falcon dice. That's what I hear. Ah, good one. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. No, I had the I left the black one on the uh, the floor the other day, and I came down here. Uh, and Janet found found a big spider upstairs. And I don't know about you guys, when you got to kill these spiders, right? Mm. I, these motherfuckers are always in spots that are never in the easy spot. And so I, against my better judgment, like two nights ago, there was one at like uh the not molding, but if we had molding, where it would be, you know, like in the the like in the the crux of the ceiling, right, right, like mm. the nook of the ceiling. And it was that thing of like, this isn't a big spider, but I know that I'm going to whiff it if I try to use the paper towel or the magazine. Like he's just got, he's got the blocker of the ceiling in there. And sure as shit, I tried to get up there and he did and he fell and he disappeared. And it's like, all right, well now we got a spider out for revenge. This yeah. Sucks. You're never so going to see that spider ever again where you're going to constantly think about it. Exactly. So today it was like the big spider and I was like, I'm just going to, I'm not even going to try. I'm going to go get the vacuum. The vacuum's just the easiest way. You come up, suck him up right and be done with it. You know what oh, I mean? That's smart. That's it's a really not, smart yeah. solution. And it so when I came down. though. I think it's honestly, well, I don't know, but I, I, as soon as they get sucked in, all the oxygen gets sucked out of them. So they just die right away. So it's like, you know, maybe it's, I don't know which is faster being smush or being that. But then also think about how many times you tried to crush a spider and you, you get him, but he's still like, oh, God, oh, Lord. I've never seen a spider in the vacuum tank being like, oh, help me, let me out. They're all, I mean, why don't you just do, I, I know it's difficult with like him being in the corner. That's always a tough spot, but why don't you do the glass over, get the paper underneath, and let him out, uh, set him free? 
I mean, you just, yeah, literally what you just said, huh? he's, I'm a tall man, Bear, but I'm not going to be able to get up on a chair, glass him on the corner because the glass will cut to the top ceiling, mm, get the yeah. paper, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're never going to hit the right way. Yeah. Anyways, then I came downstairs and I forgot that I left a black dice on the floor because I was coming down here with spiders in the mind and I thought it was a spider for a second. It didn't like give me a jump scare, but I was like, ah, fucking, oh no, it's just the dice. That's great. I uh, did a thing yesterday where, uh, as I've been talking about, I've been playing Blades, which is a, a tabletop role-playing game similar to D&D, but it's a different system and a different like um, an environment, right? It's more like Dishonored rather than just pure fantasy. Uh, and I got sent dice from G4. Um, they sent it to me in a, in a PR package, and I was very excited to actually bring my dice and play play Blades with an actual set of my own dice. Yeah. Uh, the thing that sucks, though, is that I brought my dice. All of it, all the dice in here are like, d20s d12s like different assortments only have one d6 in here uh blades is purely d6s you only use d6s in blades so i came with one d6 dice and i never got to use it because all the rules involved well, all the rules that i did yesterday involved more than one because i got a good uh, a well-specced out character um but that's my dice story for you Janet, tell me about you. your dice story what do you got for us i don't have any dice stories really because most of the games i play don't if they require dice, they just come with dice. Like, I don't do, yeah. like, tabletop RPGs or any stuff that's, like, oh, we, like, there's this campaign floating around online. I'm, like, that's that's another level that I've... I'm still at the level where, like, Isaiah has to distill the heavier instructions manual to me. The other day, he was, like, reading through something, and he's, like, are you, are you listening to this? And I'm, like, I'll be honest. I'm not. But that's not because I don't care. It's because I'm not going to absorb anything. I need yeah. you to learn it and then teach it in a more human way that isn't just, like, reading... 18 scenarios so Janet, are you at a place at the dice level. where you want to start doing more tabletop stuff not even role-playing game games but pure board games because both yeah. of us we hosted the skybound thing right and for like skybound tabletop specifically which is the um uh the organization within skybound that works on uh b publishing board games they sent us both an assortment of different board games and so like i got uh trial by trolley i got wonderland's yeah. war uh i got a few other ones kim joy's magic bakery and i have all these sitting in my apartment right now and i'm trying I'm fervently trying to organize a board game night with friends. And like, I can tell, like, I can kind of tell on their faces as I'm like, yo, yo, I got Tribe by Charlie. I got these games. And I also got like old games that I've had before, right? Like Exploding Kittens. Mm -hmm. And I also have One Night Ultimate Werewolf. And I really want to play these games. But as I'm like explaining it to them, I can see it on their face that they don't like, they'll do it for me, but deep down, they don't want to play Bless. these board games. What's up? Have me over for one night, bro. I'll bear you down. Bring Alyssa over. She doesn't love werewolf, but she fucks with one night werewolf because there's a little bit more Hell like yeah. logic played into that one. And so, like, yeah, let's do it. You got. We're, we're gonna do it. I'm gonna you organize this friends game who are into those games. You just need to find the right friends. Yeah. Yeah, they're out and yes, there. Yes, I am into it. Yeah, because like you know. Uh, Tim Schaefer used, used to run a bunch of board game night kind of things up here. And then uh, Dan Shu, uh, you know, formerly of PlayStation, uh, formerly of EGM before then, right? He did a bunch of Bay Area stuff there. And that was the one that, you know, like, Dan Shu is, like, one of the reasons I'm Greg Miller. Like, you know what I mean? I, I grew up reading EGM and being obsessed with Shu. And I'll never forget the first time he hit me up. And he's like, hey, we do this board game thing every, I don't forget if it was every week or once a month mm -hmm. or whatever it was. You know, do you want to come down and do it? And I was just like, oh, like... <laughs> no under no fucking circumstance oh, yeah, no, it's fun. I, I like board games it, it, it took a while because so many of the instructions are so heavy and yes. like the, the and some of my experiences early on with board games was like a very like arduous one so it kind of turned me off to the idea of board games but then um i mentioned before on, on the show but like during the pandemic i just kind of gave it more of a try uh, and isaiah really likes board games and now i like i have found a bunch to like um it's really just about i think finding 
what your style is and there's so many like different kinds like of those things skybound sent us i've only gotten to trial by trolley so far i did set up postal delivery service but it was like 11 30 at night and Isaiah's like, I'm exhausted. I can't do this. Like, I made a mistake. We should have set up this game. So then we just ended the night with Uno instead, which yeah. was its own um, bit of drama because everyone plays it differently. Um, but yeah, Trauma Trolley was awesome. But you did need, you do need three people to play it. And I mostly just play with Isaiah. So we did have to go to my family for that. Mm -hmm. And it was that thing. And they like board games fine. But it was that thing where like, I was like, hey, we really want to try this game. It's short. It's short. I don't know if it's good. So, you know, like, give it a go. And we, we all had a good time playing it, and it worked out. But they were definitely like, mm, See, I, I mean, they need somebody. Sure, I guess I'll sit down. And I'm like, thank God. And I was like, hurry, set it up before they can change their minds. The funny thing is I used to be that person that was kind of unenthusiastic about it. Like, when I lived in Seattle, my friend group would play board games all the time. And funny enough, like, this is, like, the friend group I had that were, like, all kind of funny best friends that, like, we first started hanging out by watching Marvel movies every week alongside MCU and Review leading nice. up to Infinity War. And after we finished that, we were like, well, we still want to hang out. And that just ended up to us. That ended up as us playing board games all the time. But I was always the person that was – I was either too into the game or I was just not into the game at all. Like – like if you know me you probably know that i'm into de to deception stuff and so like we would play one night werewolf and i'd get so into it and i could tell that i like i was too into it i was like man i need to i need to dial back a bit but then we'd play other games like i think we played i think it was like ticket to ride or something like that and yeah. i remember just being like oh, that's fine but like everybody else was super into it and i was just like oh no i'm here i'm here to hang out with you guys i'll, I'll play to play but now like now that i've had years separated from my seattle friend group i'm like craving it now now i'm like man i really miss board games like i should have cherished what i had uh then uh and so now you like, don't that's know where I'm at right now. yeah exactly speaking of greg way your psn message touches on not knowing what you have until it's gone kind of uh cozy bear writes into really patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says have you ever rented a video game so much that you ended up spending more on it than if you had just purchased it outright and I would like to expand the question and the conversation to, have you ever rented a game and you liked it so much you went and bought it? Because I think that's maybe a little bit more plausible. Because, again, I'm old, and I remember late fees for video games at Blockbuster, but I also remember eventually when Blockbuster was just desperate. some games. But, were, but you rented them, but was it to the point where there were late fees anymore? Or was it just like, hey, were. fucking, please come in? Okay. They probably were. Because I, I do know what you're talking about. When Blockbuster got desperate and everything was so cheap. No and there late was that moment too. Keep it as long as you want. Everything was like a dollar. Literally, you could rent anything for like any movie for a dollar for a while. And I remember thinking, I, you could have done this the whole time then. So you didn't need to charge me $8 for this one <laughs> game in 1997. Um, but I don't know if I've rented to the point of like deciding to buy it. But for me, like my most beloved rental story is um, playing renting Dragon Ball Z Budokai because we did that for Hell like yes. one weekend, me and my brother. And that was the first time I think I might have even told this story before, but that was the first time I played a game for so long that like my hands kind of hurt from playing it because we just went like so in on that game for such a long time. Also, if you hear a truck outside, I'm sorry. <laughs> it sounded like somebody was like, oh flatlining. my God, that was driving me insane. And I'd, okay. like, I didn't know if that was my house or if I needed no, to like, mute one of you. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm done with my sentence. So I'm going to close the window and mute myself no, no, as I do fine. that. But <laughs> Dragon Ball okay. Z Budokai is such a good one. Like, that's, uh, that was probably my so intro. 
Dragon Ball Z Budokai was probably my intro to fighting games, and so I love hearing that you got to rent that one. For me, my mine is a non-PlayStation game. Mine is Wave Race, and I hey. obviously this is when I was when I was young. Like it was early when I had an SD4, and so I'm thinking like 99, 2000. Uh, and it was my parents taking me to family video um, every now and then, probably like once a month, maybe once every two months to go rent a game because they happen to be there to get a movie or whatever, or maybe for my yeah. sisters. Um, and every time you'd go, they'd go like, "Oh yeah, you can rent." one game and i would always rent the same game and it was wave race uh 64. i couldn't get enough of this game and i probably did rent it enough times to one i played it as if i owned it and then also it probably would have been cheaper at that point to have just bought, bought the game because we had i sure. rented it at least like maybe seven or eight times uh and i got my times worth with it i absolutely love wave race <laughs> the last game i actually remember renting speaking of like blockbuster on its way out i think this still was from family video which i don't know if family video is common now that i mention it like that says blockbuster similar kind of thing in, in the midwest um i don't know if you guys had it in like I chicago area i i remember having family video in cleveland Okay, but it wasn't gotcha. nearly as big. I don't remember it in the burbs video. of uh, Chicago. It was either in the burbs of Chicago. It was Blockbuster, then it was Hollywood Video, and mm-hmm. then it was the mom and grop shops were there for a long time before they got destroyed. Yeah, I think Family Video was the one for me because it was literally down the street for me. And then also, I want to say there's probably like two or three Family Videos in Champaign, Illinois, and I do remember there being maybe the same amount of Blockbusters. So at least in Champaign, it was a bit more comparable. And I'm, there was maybe one Hollywood Video. Like I barely remember Hollywood Video um but yeah the at at one of the last family videos um in champagne i rented until dawn and that was the last video game wow wow yeah like i was i this is like you know i what year did until dawn come out i guess like Like, i might have been right 2016 so maybe it was like right after i graduated college and like i was still on no that that sounds right yeah because i graduated and i was still on the job search so i didn't have the money 2015 i didn't have the money to buy it outright and i was like damn i'm hearing them talk about i think i was probably listening to beyond or not beyond kind of funny at the time and i was like man they're talking they're talking so much praise about until dawn i really want to play this game oh man i've never i've not rented a game in a long time i wonder if i go to family video if until dawn would, would, would be there and i went and it was there and i was like oh shit and it was like probably like three dollars or something like that yeah. for like four days and so i rented you, it played it and i was like this is fantastic you actually just re-unlocked a memory for me because i was thinking of like my more modern rental stories um and i did try gamefly for a while which is like a oh, yeah. you know mail-in rental service uh I think netflix for games doing back stuff. in the day yeah um but like og netflix like when yeah. you would mail the dvds um and that that was kind of a mixed bag i i you know i reviewed it on my personal like youtube channel like a number of years ago and the problem there was like too many of like, the games you really wanted were like in too high demand. But I also sure. heard for some people, like if you live closer to their distributor, you get like better service. So that was kind of mixed. But one thing I really loved with like no asterisk for rental in the modern era, unfortunately, Redbox doesn't do games anymore. Also, I'm not sure if they even still how much they're operating at this point. But Redbox, I would rent stuff from there. And blessing you telling your story about Until Dawn, like it totally resonates with me because that was also like me up until a few years ago when I was first, especially building my career in games media. Like when I first started doing that pivot, I didn't have like a lot of money or really any money because I was making like almost nothing. I'm like, okay, I make like $500 a month from like this one place working for like a bunch of hours. So I really can't afford to like buy these games and I don't have enough clout to get the codes for these games. So I I played a lot of games marathon style like that. Like I rented um, Spider-Man 2018. Like that's why I like Mm -hmm. didn't like the most recent Spider-Man game on PS4. Like I didn't platinum that game because I only had it for like two days and I beat the whole game in like those two days. And a couple of the like recent releases I rented like that. That's also how I played Resident Evil. Um, God, was it seven biohazard? 
Yeah. Uh, that was also a rental for me. And actually, fun. now I'm wondering if I rented Until Dawn as well, because I might have. But yeah, it was super cheap, and it was like a really <laughs> nice, affordable way. So yeah, if you're broke working to get into games... Look up the rental because like some libraries, some libraries like yeah, libraries are popping off right now with the chat of a bunch of people Mm -hmm. who are talking about how they got stuff. Eric Miller says, "Check your local libraries, everyone. My local one has super recent stuff like Elden Ring on PS5, Deathloop, Kirby. Libraries rule." Or work at GameStop and then borrow the games out because you're allowed to do that. That's another hack. I want to say that I at my college library, I might have rented tatsunoko versus capcom uh on the wii when i was when i was in college i know i, I like rented some other stuff none of those were bangers tatsunoko versus capcom was a banger but like none of the other games i got were bangers it was like really obscure stuff like it was like a akiba's something like one of one of those pop like akiba's trip yeah like games like that where it's like you don't hear many people talk about these games but they just happen to be available because nobody else perverts checked them out perverts yeah it's perverts and so i got it and i was like i don't know what this game is i don't think i'm liking this i just gave it back to the library most also, of the games were like those Bandar sent it in the chat right now. That's why physical disc is important. Yeah, physical media. Shout out to physical media. I got the disc PS5 forever until they make me go into the clouds. When was the last yes. time you put a disc in that thing? Uh, you know, let me try to <laughs> eject it. What comes out of that? That's a good I have the disc PS5 so as games, well. So many games are running through my head right the now. The only disc I've ever put into oh, my PS5. Oh, Freaking Uncharted, probably, I think. The only disc I've put in. Wait, no, do I have that physical? Maybe I don't. Fuck. Only PS5 discs I put in are when we did Ghostbusters in review, and I wanted mm. to watch. I bought the 4K Blu-rays or whatever and put them in there. That's yeah, the that's only the only reason I wanted the, the disc version was to Fallout be able to play. Four, Fallout Four, Fallout Four on disc. That's Fallout what Janet's Four talking. sitting in the PS5 right now. Do I, you want to insert it back in? Not super confidently. I think the shiny parts <laughs> to the right. We're gonna find out together when this disc is read. I think the only disc I put in this thing has been Overwatch, and that's soon to not be the case anymore once Overwatch 2 comes out. Like, I don't think I'm going to use this disc for the rest of the generation. I will Very say, I don't own any physical PS5 games. Like, of course, like, hold hard fact. It's uh, in the chat, Ryan Puala Hagen says, I rented the Italian job on PS1 from Blockbuster and never returned it. Hell yeah. I feel like I'm part of their downfall. Yeah, probably. You <laughs> but you won in the long, the long run. They're trying to chase you for those late fees, and you're just like, no, never again. Not I'm not going to show up in this establishment. Yeah, for me, I don't remember... Uh, renting the same game over and over again my rental story always goes you know uh me and poe rented metal gear from blockbuster and went home and played that and like when that when that rental period was up that was a drop the game at blockbuster and immediately went to eb and bought it myself like i need you know i needed that game uh and still have it to this day and then yeah like you know uh in terms of renting other games from it and like spending a lot of money on it no i think a lot about uh spider-man uh two on ps2 where I adored that game and did everything in that game and loved it and then sold it back to EB like I did everything to you know fund my addiction to gaming. And then I went to Maryland for an internship and it was one of those, like, I'd come back to my depressed little room that I was uh, sta- I was renting from some old lady. And I would sit there and I was like, God, I want to play Spider-Man. I just went out yep. and bought Spider-Man again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's my, that's my I story. I games a lot where I sell them, like, I don't need this game. And then I'm like, mm. you know what I need? The game I sold. My brother does that, like, even more infamously. I'm going to start just stopping him from selling these games because he's like with, crazy like, he I, sold platoon and he's like now i want it again to practice for the new one i'm like you can borrow mine he's like but then we can't play together i think i'm gonna buy it again i'm like you need to stop doing this spider-man 2 i like. definitely bought multiple times metal Gear solid 3 i think i bought multiple times um the one that i should have known was a bad idea to sell back because it was always gamestop because it was always like a gamestop deal where it's like if you trade in mm-hmm. these three games like the more games you trade in the more like the more money you get back um it was Dragon Ball Z, speaking of Budokai, Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi 3, which I traded back to GameStop for 
an amazing prize. I was like, wow, I can't believe they're paying me this much for this game. And that should have been a sign that, no, that was that was because it's a very rare game. And so, like, if you go back and try to buy Dragon Ball Z Tenkaichi, I don't know if it's still like this because I haven't looked in a decade, but at the time, you could buy that PS2, that old PS2 game for, like, 80 bucks or something like that used because for some reason it was just really hard to get and really expensive. Um, but, yeah, like, that was the one that I kept. I would, I would sell it, and I would go, fuck, I need this game because this game is incredible. Buy it again, and then, like, for some reason sell it back because I was an idiot at the time. But I mean, like, that's just how it is, right? Like, I think that's always the thing as you get older and we have disposable income and, you know, jobs that you're able to spend. I, I don't, I try not to forget. And I know it's such a conversation with used games and everything else, but like to play the amount of games I wanted to play as a kid, it meant like scrounging and just turning stuff over. Like, I appreciate so many people who have collections and kept their collections their entire lives. I just don't know how they did it. Cause like my family was not well off. Like we were not able to, I was not able to get everything I ever wanted. Right. So it was like, cool when it was when i was like i want to get a new system it was like i got to trade everything in from the old system to make it work financially to do this yeah. and like sitting there in my old days on the, the funko land newspaper and highlighting things that i had and like doing the side math to trying to figure out how much i needed yeah i i'm i looked it up just now on amazon uh, and right now you can get dragon ball z budokai tank ig3 for the ps2 used for 260 dollars. jesus Hell bless. Yeah, bless. yeah i should have kept that game. <laughs> expense it expense it Expense it. I like this idea. Keep going, Barry. And the pixels will gladly break. let you expense that, so you can go do a <laughs> yeah. on. We uh, our budget of say you're doing a blessing show on it. Just say you're doing a blessing <laughs> show. Benefits. Bulletproof. I mean, obviously, it's a popular game. I'm sure that episode would get a lot of views, Greg, if you approve it. It is crazy. Why is it so? Do you know why it's so? Crazy? Honestly, the kind of funny because podcast of the that we put up that if we it's did not... the kind of funny podcast and the headline was just "Blessing spent two hundred fifty dollars on some fucking game," that would do well. That honestly, would do traffic. I mean, honestly. how many subs do you? How many subs do you need to make that like? fine right like we can make yeah we down. can do that twitch i'm down i'm down to do whatever content you should absolutely I need do it. Ooh, and then can i get oh what the fuck can i get cubivore then for the gamecube because that's also very expensive hold on what the I hell heard is of that um, you made that it's game it's up. a game where you play as like cube shaped animals on the gamecube i think and for some reason it's like stupid pricey uh cubivore survival of the fittest yeah it's like oh god <laughs> it's like it's like way more than blessing how much game. is it like six hundred dollars or something <laughs> like this is at an least blessing this is an atlas on eBay game somewhere <laughs> cubivore yeah cubivore, atlas, yeah atlas popped up when uh Yo, it here's looks what dope, right it looks fun like don't you want but like when am i ever gonna buy this here's I mean, what i mean just load up both of you, bro both of you <laughs> slack me these game titles right now Okay. And then what we'll do is when we get to whenever we launch the studio and do the new fundraising thermometer and all that shit, we can. Oh, here it is Tim. I, I, Tim Getty's co-founder. Kind of funny. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? Good. Blessing and Janet are trying to get us to uh, expense rare ass games for them to play on stream and do stuff with. Right. And of course, I'm saying no outright, Tim. But mm -hmm. I think if we write them down and put them on the thermometer when it comes to Patreon <laughs> fundraising time for the new studio, we could do it then. Pretend what games are we talking about? I feel like that blessing. Uh, it is Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi 3. You motherfucker, about... <laughs> you crazy person. Yeah, <laughs> which is it's $260 right now on mm -hmm. Amazon used, which I think is worth it. Okay, I mean, that's that's a, a debatable statement, but also I appreciate your your you know enthusiasm for it all. i remember back in the day uh in the funko land days in the the 90s oh, yeah. they used to have these little uh newspaper yeah i already mentioned things. these man yeah i'm right there with I you i love it i love it that they would give out that would have like the prices of all the used games on it and so it was kind of like the most fun thing to go to funko land 
as a, a poor kid, get the thing, start looking at it all, just start circling all the games that you're dreaming of one day getting, and then being realistic and being like, oh, okay, they're selling Super Mario Brothers on the NES for nine cents, so I guess I'm getting that one again. Mm. Uh, but the number one highest-priced game always was Dragon Ball GT on PS1. So Dragon Ball really? seems to have a legacy of of being up there in the price. Yeah, I was always so surprised where it's like far and away. It wasn't Chrono Trigger. It wasn't at Earthbound. No, man, it was Dragon Ball GT. So fascinating. Mm-hmm. Now that that's $260 for Blessings game. Janet's is just a little bit more. Yeah. Cubivore Survival of the Fittest. The range from like a loose disc would be like $340. It uh, goes up to like... 2100 if you have like a really good copy of it this is a game published by nintendo and atlas um mm-hmm. and it's uh you play as it's like little cube animals you're playing as them you're fighting as them you're trying to it's like you're trying to get to the top of the food chain here and and here's the thing when i first saw this game or heard of it i was like oh this just looks like a cool game i had no idea how much it cost and then i saw that it was really expensive and i was like i guess i'll never get to experience this but with the magic of of the crowd and the community we could make that dream come true also i have the gamecube gchd thing already so we can just put that in the back of the gamecube and uh hdmi output and stream it really we're saving money on that tim see Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. i think no that thing is like 150 that hdmi adapter thing that is expensive Mm There are other options too. I mean, you know, there it gets a little gray in some ways, but I I know that some people, not all people, but there are some people out there that have a, a Steam Deck and they'll be able to emulate Talk whatever game they want. I'll right, never break. Bye, the guys. Have fun, blessing. Have fun playing whatever game you want. Greg, we'll do. Step your game up. I fucking hate you so <laughs> he got much. you, God, Greg. Damn it, he got me good on that one. Let's move on to topic of the show, the ladies and gentlemen. Today we're talking about the top. 10 most wanted PlayStation 5 games. Now, you might be sitting there driving your car, driving your van, running, exercising, cooking, playing a game. Listening, you're listening to us somewhere, you're watching us somewhere. You're gonna go, Oh, easy. Number one, God of War Ragnarok. Number two, no, 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 ladies and gentlemen, we're not taking it that way. Instead, what we're building today is the most elusive top 10, the top 10 games we want on PlayStation that are not on PlayStation, that have come to some other deadbeat platform some other dying star that we need to get these ip off the rock and bring them to us and again i don't mean this to be a oh i want halo halo infinite no 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 we're not trying to get we're not doing that i'm talking the about first joke si- I made. in a similar it was the first joke janet made yeah. stealing it from the slack uh but what i'm talking about is what we just had with lake in lego builders journey the, these games that you've heard good things about being on xbox you've heard things good things about being on ios but there was no uh word that they were coming to playstation then all of a sudden bam here they are they're ready to go what's the other one i'm thinking of there's one that got announced too recently death store short hike that's true. No, those are actually out. There was one that got right. announced recently. doesn't matter. Anyways, it'll come back to me eventually. Anyways, we're talking about assembling that. So what we're going to do is we're each going to pick three. You all right, Blanet? Uh, all right, Blanet? Hmm. Three yes. different games. Is that our new official name? Yeah, when I want to talk to you both at the same time, I just okay. want to save, save Blanet. Well, it wasn't me fucking up talking at all. Don't worry about that. Blanet is very much what I was saying. Uh, we'll each pick three, and then the tenth one can come from the one, the only, Barrett Courtney, CEO Jr. So... Blessing, you have a Steam Deck. You're well-versed in every game that isn't out on PlayStation but came uh, to the Steam Deck. Uh, What would you like to go first? It does not need to be from Steam Deck. Yeah, but I think that is a good segue because I think my first one is probably going to be my obvious pick, which is Rogue Legacy 2. Uh, It is... 
the freshest indie title that is not available right now on PlayStation. And it hurts my heart that it's not available on PlayStation because Rogue Legacy 1 is one that I played on the PS4, early PS4 era. You played it on the PlayStation Vita, right? Like, it has that legacy that was PlayStation. And for me, the that your Rogue battery's low, by the way. Um, hey, you probably turn on that Vita more because obviously you're not using it uh, oh i was like what did i do wrong? i was like i charged it overnight but i guess it forgets to keep it charged at all times all the time <laughs> or it will be dead <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like rogue legacy for me was an early indie game that really got me into the indie side of video games because that was early ps4 era, ps3 era you know i was i was playing the big stuff i was playing gta 5 i was playing last of us i wasn't paying too much attention to the indie market at that time because i think i was a bit late to the game on that but when i got my ps4 that's when i started to um open up to playing different types of games and rogue legacy was one that was available on ps plus at the time and i remembered i remember listening to beyond and being like oh man i'm pretty sure i heard somebody bring up rogue legacy on that show now that i have on ps plus let me boot it up and see if it clicks for me and upon the first 30 minutes to an hour of playing rogue, rogue legacy it clicked where i was like oh this is fantastic this is bringing me back to playing games back on the super nintendo this is you know the 2d pixel art i'm going through castlevania style 2d action sure. um but it, it was also so much more than that right like it was um it was a roguelite right it was it was a different sort of progression than what i was used to it was the goofs and the charm of unlocking these different classes of characters and it felt like something so special and so new to me and you know i mentioned it it's the game that got me into ro into roguelites i think yesterday on, on gamescast on the episode that went up this last week you mentioned that it was the game that got you into roguelites as well and i think sure. that probably goes for so many people that entered the space with rogue legacy and then went on to play other games like dead cells hades etc um I think for that, right, it's such an it's it's such an important indie game, but then also it's a game that I think would um, fit for so many PlayStation fans who were already fans of Rogue Legacy and want to continue to play that game on the platform. Um, and Rogue Legacy 2, you know, be, both me and you, Greg, have been playing it. Jane, I don't know if you've picked up Rogue Legacy 2 yet or if you're going to. Yeah, I'm like four hours into it. Oh, hell yeah. So, yeah, we've all been playing like Rogue it? Legacy 2 here. Yeah, I really okay, like good. it. And I think the thing about this one that makes it click for me, because I really don't like roguelites or roguelikes or anything like that for the most part <laughs> you put rogue in front of it you don't like it yeah there's a few exceptions but on the whole like when i heard that this was like you know it's a rogue game i'm like oh i don't need to play it and then everyone's like it's so good it's getting all these like all this praise i didn't even realize it was coming out and i'm like all right let me check this out because the thing that helps it stick for me is the fact that it is at its core a combat oriented platformer and i really like that style of game um, and then because it does have like that light element where there is a little bit of that progression um with things and you have like these different classes you can swap between and there's like to me i feel like there's a a clearer and more achievable line of progression based yep. on my skill set and my like just what i come to games for where i'm like oh i have this funky platforming challenge yep i can do that that's like a compelling thing to get good at for me um so yeah i'm really enjoying it so far i am a little bit still apprehensive on like how hard is it really going to be especially like the boss battles like i haven't beaten the first boss yet i did make some good progress the last run i did so i'm like okay i think i can do this um but we'll see how it goes but I i'm really enjoying it so far and that kind of surprised me in the sense that it's not really a genre that i like to dabble a lot into but yeah i like so this one a lot but you knew we're the same person janet so yeah the fact that i, I said the true. exact yes. same thing about rogue legacy one you were then... playing it i was like okay yeah. this is you know if greg likes it or also then it's convenient too greg because when you know we gotta we gotta team up we gotta take these like random uh you know indie Wonder games Twins. that are like weird story games that like look artsy and cool we divide them and then we come back and like okay which ones are worth playing and then we can like 
have more experiences because we have the same mind so exactly yeah, yeah yeah you know there's a deep dive on rogue legacy at least the deep dive on the beginning of rogue legacy too over on the games cast up right now so same with our truck to yomi review that's the same episode uh but yeah like uh, Rogue Legacy is like such a definitive Vita game for me. So it is such a PlayStation game for me that I would love to be popping trophies on it right now, playing it uh, over here. But it is that weird one. And there's a couple games on my list that are the same way where I, Rogue Legacy was on my short list. Uh, Rogue Legacy is on my short list of things I want to come to PlayStation. I do want it to come to PlayStation. When it does come to PlayStation, I will definitely replay it or tinker more with it. Uh, but it's like, that is such a game I want almost on Switch. Where it is, I want that to be such a mobile experience. And, you know, we're, we're joking a lot about Steam Deck uh, these last few days because you're playing Rogue Legacy uh, 2 on your Steam Deck. Uh, and I did play Rogue Legacy on uh, Remote Play for uh, Xbox a couple, no, last night. And it works well, and it's good, but I do want it in the way I had it on Vita because, like, Rogue Legacy won for me on Vita. I was such a definitive being on the the train to work, the bus to go out for that night, playing in there and just getting a couple things in. And exactly what Janet's saying about Rogue Legacy 2 applied to Rogue Legacy 1 of even if I'm playing for five minutes, I feel like I'm getting something done. I'm getting more gold that I'm, you know, chipping away at and, and to get to the, maybe I won't, won't, you know, earn enough gold for the big thing I want to make my runs easier, but I'll be able to do something smaller that I w wasn't ready for or whatever. Yeah. And I think that's the, the thing that's different from now playing Rogue Legacy 2 that we didn't really necessarily have uh, back when Rogue Legacy 1 came out is that like cross progression could be an option. Like that, I think that would be the big thing that would make it awesome is if Rogue Legacy 2 would come to PlayStation, which I'm sure it will at some point, right? Like I'm not, I don't think there's like a big agreement between them and like other platforms that the game's not going to come to the, the other other platforms. I would think that Rogue Legacy by the end of the year, hopefully fingers crossed, comes comes to PlayStation and Switch and elsewhere. Um, but with that, you know, I think having it be a, cool, you can link your account and now you are making the progress on PlayStation that you're making on your Steam Deck or your Switch or whatever. Like, I'm sure there's 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 hoops. I don't expect that to happen. I'm sure that'll be weird for trophies and all these things. But I, if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, Barrett, you might know, you might know this or one of you guys might know this, that like, Hades had some form of cross-progression PC to Switch when that came out, right? I remember there being a menu option. Yeah, that checks. That tracks. Like... I remember that. I remember yeah, something to that. You can look, yeah, yeah, look yeah. that up. But I think if they're able to make that happen for that, right? Like, I think we're getting closer to that becoming a more normal thing um, where that could happen for a game like Rogue Legacy. And I think that would that would be so dope because I like having the freedom. Like, even, play, even switching from my... Um, sit down pc to then uh playing on my steam deck and having that progression go seamlessly via the cloud yeah. felt like such a cool thing and was so convenient and i would love to have that for cool i'm playing on my steam deck for two hours now i want to hop to my playstation so i can pop the pro pop the trophies or just so i can play with my dual sense because that's the thing that i'm still getting used to now i played so much rogue legacy on my playstation controller that now playing on my steam deck or with an xbox controller feels weird and I, it is fucking me up real hard in certain, <laughs> certain areas where i'm like look what are the buttons okay no i gotta get used to using the steam deck as opposed to my ps5 controller unless you are I, correct by the way okay it is it is cross, it, it cross, was it was just switch in uh pc for in pc uh, cross save yeah that's like, the I thing is i wouldn't hold your cool breath thing. for it i mean like cellar door games is bigger than most a lot of indies or that you know they are successful in in a way uh startup indies aren't but they're mm -hmm. not super giant big and i think that like that would be one of the things of unless they're getting help from i don't even know who published uh rogue legacy 2 unless they were getting a lot of help published was it yeah i, I don't know that yeah, if they'd so have too. the because you figure when you do that, it's got to be, all right, cool. Well, now you have to have, like, yeah, your Gearbox account that then goes across everything and yada, yada, yada. I just don't think you'd see that here. Mm. But, yeah, that's like my that's part of my wish list then is to bring to PS5. Okay. Uh, with, like, with, and, and that, okay. okay. And Cross Rush. But even regardless, I think it would just be cool to have on PS5 because the more people that play that game, I think the better because everybody should play Rogue Legacy 2. Agreed 100%. Janet, what's your first pick? 
I'm going with Patrick's Pear Box. Uh, this is a puzzle game that is currently just on uh, PC. And it came out, uh, gosh, it came out, I think, just this year officially. It's weird because whenever you do Google, it says like a release date from a million years ago based on like when it was discussed. But yeah, it came out like in March. Um, and it's essentially like a recursive puzzle game where you're solving stuff moving boxes within boxes so what each screen kind of looks like it's a, a gameplay wise it kind of reminds me of baba is you in terms of the movement okay. yeah. but in terms of like the actual like puzzle itself it's just about like okay your character is like a little square right with like little eyes so it's like okay your character needs to be in one slot and you need to move like another the other box to like another slot or like you have three boxes to like move to the three box slots so the puzzle becomes being able to like m move around and manipulate them so that they don't get like stuck into a corner. But what gets funky and like wild with it is that there's also like a box that you can go inside of and then manipulate the boxes that way. And sometimes they end up being like kind of intense like nesting dolls almost where you'll be manipulating something this sounds kind of like crazy, but like inside one box and it also affects the world outside because again, they're like boxes within boxes. It's kind of like, you know, the idea of if you take a picture of a mirror, you have like that picture and like the other picture and they go deeper and deeper in there. Sure, sure, um, sure, sure. And that's how like a lot of the puzzles are structured, which might on its surface sound like a little overwhelming, but I think they um, lay it out really smoothly and they kind of onboard you like carefully with it. There's also like a nice balance of you have your straight through line and then also like additional challenge puzzles you can do. So I think if you want to 100%, there's like 350 puzzles, but if you just want a beeline, you can finish it in a couple hours. And it's just a really fun, good, smart puzzle game. Um, I really just wanted to come to really any console just to get it on more platforms. And again, I think that would be a fun one as far as the trophies, because uh, even just playing on Steam, like there's been some kind of funky achievements that I've gotten that I'm like, oh, this is pretty amusing. And I could see people liking that kind of challenge on PlayStation, you know, stuff like you kind of break reality where like there's just all these boxes within boxes or or like funky things you do there. So yeah, Patrick's Parabox. Um, definitely play it if you can, but I'm really hoping that this one um, comes to consoles, especially PlayStation. Super fun game. Uh, for my first pick, I want to put out an inscription. Uh, you know, a lot of people's game of the year last year, uh, a roguelike deck building card game, right? What's the, if I had, I pulled it up over here. The official thing from Steam goes, Inscription is an inky black card-based odyssey uh, that blends uh, the deck building roguelike escape room style puzzles in psychological horror into a blood-laced smoothie. Darker still are the secrets uh, inscribed upon the cards. Of course, this is one Andy's played uh, and loved and talked a lot about. It was one that I just I never got around to last year with Benjamin and everything else. I'm sorry. What was that? Plus? I was gonna say I touched a, a bit of this game. I did a couple streams with it, and it's fantastic. I've not gotten to like the like people often say that oh yeah the game has crazy reveals and all this stuff. And I know Pachan has played more of it more of it as well. Um, but like just from the pure roguelike card based gameplay, it seems like something that's like really cool. I had a lot of fun with it. it reminds me all like real wise. It reminds me a little bit of Hearthstone mixed with like just a lot of weird stuff, right? Like you'll have some of your cards straight up talk to you and have personalities. If you die, you, you then get to create your own card with like certain traits of other cards. Like it has a lot of cool mechanics like that that I'm sure Janet can speak more to. Yeah, like it's definitely something that on the surface, it's, you know, a card game and like you have the map that you're moving across, but then I, it also adds like those additional layers with being able to, well, it's weird. Some people like consider everything a spoiler for this game. So there's extra things. Guard your ears do if you don't want to hear things might, about it. That might not be expected. Um, ultimately, I didn't end up sticking with this just because I felt like I couldn't get good enough at the card game. Like I didn't feel like I was able to grasp like learning it at the level that I need to learn at it. 
and then I so I just put it down and then like left. Um, I kind of almost regret it, but then I'm like, it just became one of those things where I just walked away from it. The one thing that's interesting about this and the idea of it being on console though, is there are things it does that are somewhat PC specific. Mm. Um, but I think they could, they definitely would have to make tweaks to the game to port it over because besides the fact that you kind of always do, um, there are like elements where if you want to execute the same idea, you would have to like change how you're doing it. I think they still could do it. Um, basically, that's like, the spoilers. Doki Doki like, like Undertale kind of stuff. It's like the weird like Metal Gear vibes, you know, of like mm. crazy stuff or like think about- Turn like, off your computer, throw it out yeah, in the bathtub. Like, funk, <laughs> the funky stuff like when you had to, yeah, Isaiah's nodding off this, I guess he, he played and beat that game and loved it. Um, you know, funky stuff like when, oh, you close the, the DS and it stamps the other side. I'm like, come on, I wasn't gonna, you turn the switch upside <laughs> down and your Pokemon evolves. It's like gets into some funky territory mm. there, but I'm sure they could come up with something that would help that translate. Um, and also I like that they, um, I don't know if they would do this, but because I think it's a fan-made mod, but I feel like the developers have like been like, this is cool. Um, someone made a version that's just that kind of initial game. Because again, as the game progresses, there's kind of different sections where the gameplay does change. Uh -huh. So I think introducing stuff like that, like it'd be really cool if they had, um, you know, inscription, like console edition or whatever they want to call it. And it kind of has maybe these additional bells and whistles uh, that people could explore and get into. Yeah. Yeah, everything I've heard, you know, it's interesting, Janice, since you burned out on it, we're all the same person, and I, I do worry about oh, it yeah, then if I would sure? be into it. But Off it seems future. like the way people, like, I, I enjoy a good deck building game every now and again. It's not, like, obviously my preferred thing to go play a card game or, by any stretch of imagination. But the story aspects of it, the talking cards, the twists people talk about, seems like something I'd be about. And since I missed it during a paternity leave and just end of the year last year, I'd be stoked to get it on console and have a shot there. Yeah, and it's one that I I went to the GDC awards uh this last GDC a couple months ago or maybe a month ago times a flat circle and um for well it was specifically not even the GDC awards it was the independent game awards at GDC where they're going through and awarding a bunch of different independent games and I kid you not every single time inscription would come up in the nominations it got the leaders the the, the loudest cheers right like people were going crazy for inscription for every single category it was nominated in like it seems like if you are somebody who likes indie games or looking for uh, or wants to keep up with like the indie darlings that are coming out year to year it seems like a must player at the very least a must try and so it's one that i want to go back to especially now that i have um the steam deck i know this isn't a steam podcast but i got the steam deck have you seen it greg yeah i've seen it i think too um quick shot can i borrow when i go to canada no it was Polygon's Game of the Year, also Inscription, last year. Great. Blessing, what's your next pick? <laughs> if that does anything <laughs> for anybody. Well, it's just he shows the Steam Deck in my face again. No one did more for PC gaming. I mean, it's just so big. It just, takes up, won't give it to me. it just takes up all the space. It's hard again, to ignore. Again, like, Blessing just laying it on thick. Like, I, I'm not falling into the web thing. of Blessing's bit. Like, this, this is what thing. he wants. Like, he's he's playing one he game. He wants attention. It sucks. It's sad. Yeah, you know? and he gets it's it. just being this thing. Yeah. Awesome. Now, see, now he's just naming parts of computers. Like it's just, <laughs> OLED. I don't know if it's OLED, but it might be. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a fancy Wii U gamepad. I don't know. We'll see. Uh. Wow. Wow. Am I wow. wrong? Yes, you are. The Wii U gamepad. I don't. It, the Wii U gamepad is terrible. Like we're. I think we're. She said it looks like a fancy Wii U gamepad. It's mixed. I I revisited it recently. Anyway, other games. Yeah. What's your next What's your second pick of three? My second pick. My second pick is going to be, oh man, this is tough actually, because I have quite a few games that I, I got can some nice here. stuff on here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Half Life Alex. Nice. It's one. 
that I've not played. I know Greg has played it, and I know like most people that have played it are like, this is a masterpiece. Like this is a a, a must play VR game. It's on the top of the top of VR. And it, the reason why I, why I pick it is because I think for a PlayStation VR, specifically for VR two that's coming up, I think it's going to need a killer app, and I think Half Life Alex could be that killer app. Um, not to discount the other things that PlayStation Studios are working on. I'm sure the Horizon game is going to be great. I'm sure like Astrobot will probably have a presence, and like you're gonna you're gonna have other great PlayStation games. But Half Life Alex being a proven VR game that seems to be the VR game that people point to as a oh this is a must play. This is the thing that's carrying the torch for what this platform can do. I think it could be so valuable for PSVR to have that, and I think it would be the the thing to unite PlayStation VR players. Where VR two comes out, if you have Alex Alex there at launch. It is the, the the conversation of, hey, have you played Alex? Like, oh, you got VR two? Oh man, what you think of Alex? Right? Like, it is that kind of the way that Spider Man Spider Man Miles Morales, I think, really hit home during the launch of the PS five. I think Half sure. Life Alex would be even more of that. Where it is, I, go for it, Greg. I guarantee that this is a PlayStation VR two launch game. Really? I do. Like, I think you know, like it. I, you're right. I played this. I reviewed it. I really enjoyed it. I didn't think it was the second coming of jesus or anything like that i think it's a great vr game i'm not trying to take away but i think like i didn't find it to be like this revelatory insane yada yada it, it was great it, and it was you know the best use of many of the vr things we've seen in the past in terms of it feeling natural right and like how easy it was to play and how easy it was to get into and like for me vr is always if I do this, like, do I? I always go back to Blood and Truth, the f first demo I ever did for that, mm -hmm. where I, where I was hiding behind a pool table, or a gambling table. Somebody threw a grenade at me, and I reached over the top, I grabbed it, I threw it back, and I went back down. And it was like, oh, that worked. I didn't, yeah, I, I didn't have to stop and think. And what's the mechanic? And yeah, like Half Life Alex is all tens on that front of just like, oh, this feels natural, and I'm pulling the thing, and I'm doing exactly what I want. So like, I think that is a guaranteed playstation vr2 game because it is that good and valve was vocal about like listen we want this out for as many people to play it as we want and they when it came out they had some quote that was very much leading that like oh no it'll be on other things eventually and i think playstation vr2 will have the the juice under the hood to actually make it be that way and i think that's where you want to be how yeah. scary was it it wasn't i don't think it was scary okay. at all like i mean okay. there's head crabs again, and stuff like that but it wasn't like the, there's way scarier vr games okay because half, half life one and two i do find scary same. that's a really good question because i i started playing it um via like my oculus quest one and like the little pc link cable yep, or whatever yep, yep, yep. um but i didn't like continue with it just because i kind of happened not to but i also did feel like how intense is this gonna get like i'm like it's too immersed i'm too immersed so i got kind of scared from it but maybe i should go back then yeah i don't you, i would go i would you know if you're looking for a deeper dive in that i would go watch our me and danny danny o'dwyer did the review for it for kind of funny on the games cast and i don't remember like i i'm don't remember any scares in there where i was like oh my god like clutching my chest kind of thing but i also don't remember it super well you know in terms of like every i remember the ending really well because the ending. i do really cool. I, I remember uh people like alex van aken saying like there are some really scary parts in it um but is he a big wuss uh, definitely, yes, for, for sure. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, you like, know, are that's, you a, that's not? A, are you secretly a horror boy? Like, oh, I, I thought love, you were. I love horror. I talk about it all the time. Oh yeah, for, no, no, no. Our, then I can't relate to you for <laughs> our audience, right? Like Alex Van Aken, I think would be on the similar scale of like Andy Cortez. Andy Cortez uh, of, of like being scared okay. of, of things. So like, there's um, a wide chasm though that Janet has to be somewhere between of Greg and Andy. Is Andy like really scared of everything? Andy won't even watch of, trailers for like, scary games. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've been afraid of shadows before. How do you feel so. of Half Life One and Half Life Two in, in terms of scary stuff? I didn't play it. What about you, Greg? I didn't. I didn't like Half Life uh, One or Two. So really, 
Yeah, yeah, I know. When Orange Box dropped and I tried to jump in, I was like, these games are not fun to play. I do not like the control schemes of these. I so like I was pretty scared of the head crabs and like all the weird creatures in those games. And I like I'd imagine that that stuff would get toned down a little bit for VR. I'm sure people know and pro- will probably tweet at me and be like, no, they're fine or no, they're they're still there. Uh, but I found that shit terrifying and like i can't yeah. imagine maybe in vr maybe graphically won't be as like intense or whatever but like i can't imagine seeing a head crab in vr and like i don't know like that's that that yeah, seems the, scary a, to me. in the trailer you see the head crab literally jump at your face like i would well not that have happens that. yeah does that it happens. move like a head crab like, like does it have like the weird fucking animation? yeah the weird like yeah, like it's like, it's like a gelatinous like... puppy yeah oh, i hate that i hate that so much that's a great descriptor though yeah that's a it's vocabulary right there that's yeah. what i do but yeah, like, what's your next today. <laughs> or what are you rather want to wrap it up there boss sorry yeah well one more thing right to the point that you're making about like you know valve wanted to open up to other platforms right like i think it's that i think there's also like i i think they've gotten the juice out of half-life alex in terms of it selling 100%. um their device and i think with that too they'd probably be very okay with it uh, like in terms of business sense coming to other platforms because they will sell more software that way and then also with the with psvr2 specifically i think the technology will be there in terms of like the inside out tracking the um new controllers like i i think with what psvr1 was i could see them being like ah, oh, we don't want to jump through the hoops to develop for psvr1 whereas psvr2 has the technology that will probably be there especially with like the P- running off the power of the ps5 and all these other things and so yeah i'm right there with you i, I think it will come eventually i think that'll make a lot of sense janet what's your next pick uh for me and uh keeping with what blessing set up with psvr2 i'm gonna go before your eyes uh Ooh. that game is a game i really adored it came out last year uh, currently only available on PC because you do need, like, for playing on PC, you need a webcam. You There is a way to play without it, but it kind of, like, takes away from the core of the game, uh, which is you on this journey. It's a first-person narrative, and you're in control of, like, you're kind of reliving a life story, essentially. Um, and as you blink, things jump forward. So you're, like, leave a scene with almost every blink. There are some exceptions, like the way they kind of add additional, like, you know, gamified elements, for lack of a better term, are things like... There'll be like a metronome that you can like look at or there'll be some like ways to kind of extend your time. So it definitely doesn't feel like how it might sound where, oh, every tense, every second, it's just like jumping forward. They sort of craft it in a way where you'll still get the main beats, even if you're, you know, blinking constantly or you don't try to linger in certain areas. Um, and ultimately, it's just a really like moving, like heartfelt story. Um, it just it, I think the world and the environments feel like super lived in. And I was really invested in like the story they were telling. And then it has like a little bit of a twist to it as well that you talks quite a bunch times. how long is it oh it's really short it's got to be like an hour or two like it's it's a very I short experience i just haven't actually kicked it out yeah and it's awesome um i know a couple people have said like sometimes they have tracking issues i personally didn't have any tracking issues playing it so again definitely one that if you can play it already do but i think it'd be so good for vr and i think especially with the inside out tracking of now removing the drama that was the PlayStation camera. Like I know a lot of people described for, you know, VR one having issues with like, Oh, it's too sunny. And, and I put it upside down and all this stuff. Oh, it yeah. kind of removing those barriers. I think it would be awesome. And again, I think it'd be a great conversation piece and an extra life for this game on that platform. I think it would fit the platform so freaking well. Again, I have no idea the challenges of maybe like getting it onto a platform like that. But um, yeah, I'd like to really see that. And it's totally different from like, you know, the Half-Life example, which I think you need, you know, you want a variety of genre. This is a story game for feelings and it's awesome and people should play it. And I hope it comes to PlayStation. That's a, I gotta, I gotta make time for that one. Cause you're just watching it's really it. Good. Like, you're, I think so you're going to cry. I feel like you will I cry. cry all the time. 
Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like you're in a, you know, it's like you're you just a little Even just looking at it, like you're looking like you're dealing with parents and stuff and like no, kids, that's the why kids. I'm like, you're, like, ah, you're gonna cry. Gonna, yeah, you're gonna cry. But it's good. Know. It's a good game. And I think you'll like it. Um like I love it, so I think you'll at least like it. Do you think they're like you want it in that and I or the, you know, this is us just making our top ten most mm-hmm. wanted things. Do you think there's a good chance it will come to PlayStation? <sighs> In terms of like logic for the platform, yes. In terms of like, do I have like faith in the different business elements of it? Not necessarily. Okay. Um, but I'm sure that like I I would imagine that you know, uh, developed by Goodbye World and published by Skybound, I would imagine they would want it on more platforms. Mm-hmm. But um, especially because it's such a specific kind of game, like there's not a lot of places it can go. Um, and obviously, like there's a PlayStation camera now. Like you know, you could like I have the PlayStation camera, but most people don't, and I don't think that would be a good way to i think the vr platform seems perfect for it given the inside out tracking and all of that so um yeah i really hope to see it like it's probably going to be on my wish list for vr too forever unless it ever shows up because it's so good that's awesome okay yeah just watching that now i really want to play it um my second pick um and i'm I'm being a little bit more traditional i guess Uh, like i'm i would like moon moon glow bay to make the jump uh to playstation of course moon go moon i can't say it for the life of me moon glow bay is on steam and xbox and it's uh no it's not game pass right it's just on xbox straight up Mm -hmm. um it launched it's another one that launched during my paternity leave it's another one i've been wanting to play nonstop in a similar way to lake and it's one that I started playing and was making time for and then got caught up in Benjamin and everything else and haven't gone back to. And now I'm to that point where, all right, well, enough time has passed where why not just wait for it to come to PlayStation or even Switch for that matter because I think it'd be great in a handheld experience, which I know I could do with remote play and yada, yada, yada. But move a little bit. The idea is like, you move back to town to help your mom out as you know you launch this like uh you know you're f- catching fish out of the uh, ocean or the the bay the Moongla Bay and then you're making them into food and you're selling them there and so you're improving the town and helping the town and helping your family and it's another game where yeah you're going through all the stuff and dealing with loss and death and everything else as you try to make your way and you know re- revitalize the community with your fish and you know, whatever you're cooking and then make specific dishes for specific people and it's like such a nerdy little cozy game you know what i mean that i love that's the kind of shit i love in my games i think it's beautiful if you're watching right now you see it's got this like almost 3d dot game heroes uh, pixel art style to it um but it's just heartwarming and i really enjoyed what i played of it and like i said just got distracted being a dad and haven't made way back to it and so i'm in the mood for when i go back to it i do need to restart it and then it just becomes a question of well do i restart it here or do i you know wait and restart it when it hopefully comes to playstation eventually I also got distracted by the journey. But yeah, I think this would be another good one for like, it's very checklisty. Um, obviously, yep. you don't have to do everything to complete it, I imagine. But um, and yeah, for the art style, I think it's one of the most striking elements of it. It has like that voxel art. So like heavy, like blocky look to it. And I was really impressed by like the how fleshed out some of the like systems are. I only played like a few hours of it, but just like building out your boat and going fishing. And I think the cooking is like really quite in-depth they even have stuff like you can build out a little stand to like sell your goods and there's yeah, like ways to affect machine. the town yeah, yeah. yeah like i think it was really cool um, yeah you, you can donate them for this aquarium and stuff like that yeah one thing so i do want kind of animal crossing and that's 100 yeah you're building you're making the town better and what you bring up the cooking and i think that is something i should have mentioned right is like you see the town getting better right here as you do stuff but the cooking every like when you fry a fish or you wash the potatoes or you chop all have their own little mini games to them and what i think is rare is that they were all enjoyable 
Like mm -hmm. I, I liked doing all of it. it. It's not one. It's not like a one where it's an automated like cut scene where it just doesn't. It's done, and it also wasn't one that is like so minuscule and precise, like Monster Hunter or something, which isn't a great example. But you have to listen to it as you spin your meat. Usually, right? Like you could fuck it up really easy. This one was like, all right, cool. You could have done it better, but it's still great. And you can cook. It's not. I think you get. If, it's been a while since I played, but I think you get ratings on how good the meal is based on how you did that and like how many stars, or whatever, and how much you can sell it for and shit like that. And then there's like an economy of like what's in demand and what's not in demand. So prices are changing constantly on what you're cooking and serving and stuff. Like it's this heartwarming game, this, this cooking game, this fishing game. Like it's, it is taking a lot of things I love about animal crossing, but putting them in a different lens and ecosystem, which is cool. Yeah. And later rain did the soundtrack for it as well. Which did? I feel oh like, my God. That's the seller for me. Now I, I got to play her it. name wrong every time. Lena rain say, or Lena rain. The, yes. Yes. She also did the, the soundtrack for uh, both Chicory and Celeste. Yeah, gotcha. which Chicory she's I still incredible. think is like is the best thing that she's done musically. I think Chicory might be the best. Celeste Ooh. is really good though too. I don't know but who's listen, better wait, than Celeste. Put on, put on, put on Chicory though. No, for real. Put on Chicory, Spotify. Go there because I listened to it the other day and like there's some I, there's I, some slaps. I mean, when was the last time we went and listened to the Celeste B sides? Pretty recently. The B. Ooh, I haven't done the, the, I don't because think I've done the, the B sides. Slap. They go but that's hard. also like it's cheating hard. because like oh, it's oh my remixes god we should do um, blessing we need to do a versus but with game music that's like super I've been trying to get to more, do you want to do this because I've been trying to get to more to do this and he, he ignores my messages oh, I yeah. want to do this I'll do it because we could do just Lena Rain versus Lena Rain well <laughs> I would I would do Lena Rain versus to, uh, Toby Fox I think that would be Ooh, a matchup that's a I think that'd be an insane match Megalovania on its own though come on bless. Well, okay, but that's the thing. It's like Dude, a, it's any a of versus, so songs. it's who wins the most matches. So, like, yeah. sure, he'll put that out. Maybe I throw a weaker song just because I know nothing's going to beat that that song. Mm. And it's like it's a little it's bit of the strategy. strategy of it, yeah. And for no, we'll for people who may not keep up mm -hmm. with Swiss beats and and, uh, and Timbaland, <laughs> right? Versus is basically like when two artists go head to head with each other and like they go back back and forth, and they, it's basically their best twenty songs versus the other artist's best twenty songs, and they go back and forth, and people vote to see like, all right, who won more yeah. rounds? No, uh, and that. usually it's like hip hop artists uh and like i brought this up forever ago of like i would love to see video game composers do a versus and so like yeah lena rain versus toby fox or like mm -hmm. the um uh like the final fantasy composer versus like the persona composer stuff like that that Whoa. i think would go crazy let's do it me and me sure. and Jana will organize the stream hell okay. yeah if there's a persona episode all right our blessing what's your third pick uh who my third i, I i've been debating because i have i've narrowed it down to two like i have a lot of picks but i have narrowed it down to two for my third um and i can make equal arguments for both but i think i'm going to go who i'm going to go with ori and the will of the wisps ah. um, yeah it is of course it's published by microsoft and so like that the, like i think in terms of business i think this is the one that where things get most, most shady in terms of will it actually come to playstation but it has come to switch right i think both ori games are are, are on switch and so they've opened up the uh the gates in terms of their willingness to bring it to other platforms and i think and i think that's good and i think um it's it's not necessary but i i i think with ori right ori is one of those games that is such a special indie game like there are games that i think about like especially indie games that i think about that like do they stand the test of time like years after playing this game how much do i think about this game and you know funny enough right when i think of those usually it's it's like undertale or like dead cells or indie games where i'm like man i like this this struck a chord with me that i can't i can't get out, out of my head i'm sure chicory like by next year will be a game that i'm still thinking about um a, a, a time away from now uh Ori and the Will of the Wisps is one that, while reviewing it, I adored it, but I there were, like, things with it where I was like, oh, man, I don't know how I feel about, like, 
how it runs at points. Like, I don't know how I feel about like some of the design of the mapping and the way that you can get lost sometimes. And that was me like with my critical eye, like at that time, looking at it through that lens. But the further uh, the further away I get from Ori and the Will of the, the, Will of the Wisps, the more special I feel that it is. Like, especially in terms of art style and story and presentation, how gorgeous it is. It is one of the most beautiful indie games I think I've ever played. And it is a game that I think should be on more platforms, just purely from how special, special it is. Um, and especially in terms of Metroidvanias, right? Like, Metroidvanias are not few and far between. They come out all the time. And we talk all a lot about how, like, Metroid Dread is awesome, or um, which I guess is literally, like... <laughs> It puts the Metroid in Metroidvania, right? But, like, you also talk about Hollow Knight. You're talking about Guac Guacamelee. The list goes on in terms of indie Metroidvanias. I do think Ori, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, I guess both both Ori games, that to that matter, um, stick out enough in terms of just how much they bring to the table in terms of heart, in terms of story, in terms of characters, in terms of, uh, again, presentation, like how it looks, right? Like, Barrett has it brought up on screen. And even as, I, as I'm looking at it right now, I am like, man, this is such a gorgeous game that I would love uh, uh, to see brought to PlayStation um, because I think more people should just have access to it. And so that is my third and final pick. Good picks. Good picks. Thank Janet, you. what's your third and final pick? Uh, mine is Wide Ocean Big Jacket, um, which, what is this art? Like, I feel like it has the same art style as before your eyes but i'm not sure what how you describe it's just it all you're like, you're picking it strictly based on that yeah like it's like that weird like i don't know it's like tandron kind of flat almost look to it um but white ocean big jacket it is a pretty short indie game it's like an hour hour and a half long uh it's a camping story where um the characters are like the uncle the aunt and then there's like the two kids like the two 13 year old teenagers that are like yeah that are um dating and it's a kind of like a coming of age game because a lot of the beats are about like relationships and growing up and kind of being at that like you know i think 13 is such an interesting age because you are like exiting some elements of like the younger parts of childhood but you're also still very much a child but you're also kind of trying to be like older and cool because you're a teenager now so it, it plays with a lot of that there's a lot of um I think nice, quiet, like intimate moments in that game. Uh, again, it's kind of like a walking sim in terms of genre. And I think I like a lot of the extra layers of like storytelling it has in it. Like if you're watching the video version, there's sort of these like black screen cuts, which is like the characters' heads and like a couple bits of text kind of thrown in. It kind of has like a weird like cinematic layer underneath it um, that kind of like adds this almost like collage effect to like the way it goes about telling the story. Uh, this one's also already available on Switch um, after having been on PC initially. And it's just a really like special game. Like I, I also thought of it for like blessing your point of like indie games that stick with you. While this one, I wouldn't say is nearly as like good as Ori or like it doesn't have the visual fidelity and things like that. It's a really well executed game with a really like intimate idea to it um and it's like one that once i played it yeah I've, I've been thinking about this game for a while i probably beat it like two years ago um and it's really good if you like story stuff i think you like it's kind of a must play uh there's something just so charming and honest and awkward and good about it okay hell yeah i've not heard of that one that's amazing yeah, yeah it's really good yeah thank you janet for bringing that to my attention and so yeah now my final pick Honorable mention to Puzzle Quest 3. No, wait, 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 wait. Honorable, mentions. honorable mentions. I feel All like right. we need honorable mentions. Yeah. Like, did, did hey, you, you guys had the floor. You didn't happen. use the floor. I can't help you. You didn't use the floor. And right? Barrett hasn't gone yet. You came crashing you through the floor. You yeah, can't yeah, take it to... away from yes. Barrett. Yes. Honorable mention to Puzzle Quest 3. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Come on, Greg. I'm going to say... Tomatoes. I'm choosing Barren Breakfast, which isn't even out yet. But of course, announced for Switch, announced for PC. I was wondering about that because I'm like, is that out yet? No, yeah. I No, it's one of those that got announced, I feel like, not too early, but 
mm-hmm. long well yeah i guess actually the, the announcement trailer i sent barrett here that I, I have opened is august 18th 2020 so it's been a while it's that traditional indie uh, thing right but it's you know join hank the bear and his four friends as they turn a rundown Hell shack yeah. into a cozy and quaint bread and bed and breakfast for unsuspecting tourists and yes. so yeah it is bears you know running a bed and breakfast and like you see here that you build out your room it's you know it's a it's a management sim it's a build out your house thing it's got this really gorgeous art style it's a game i'm super excited for and i definitely plan to play whether it is on my steam deck if i ever get one or my switch but i'd obviously much rather have it on my playstation and be popping trophies as i went through it like i just Um, think it's a, a cool idea for a game I also have this there. It, it does have a release window of 2022, so hopefully it comes out this year. Uh, it's one of my like anticipated games for the year. But I just want to like shout out the Star Contrast. Also, it's getting dark over here in this trailer. What's going on? <laughs> some some secrets. But I love the Star Contrast between Gre- like Greg, like the games that we bring up and the games that Bless- Blessings like Half Life, Alex, like the one of the most critically acclaimed like VR like intense like games. And then it's just like, yeah, so you're a bear, and anyway, you're making pancakes for people. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, let's go. Um, but yeah, good pick. Okay. I'm trying to be a man of the people. You know, I'm like, all right, what would, what would make sense for the PlayStation if, platform? If all of those came, though, I think it'd be a really good <laughs> widespread suite of games. For sure. For I'm, sure. So I'm just trying to process it, still that Baron Breakfast was announced like almost two years ago. I still like I, I remember you and mm-hmm. Joey reacting to like this announcement like it was yesterday. Like y'all were fucking stoked. For it's this. definitely. Not th- well, it's also too like. We were and we are stoked. I forget if that announcement trailer is the first time we saw it. You know how many indie games put out announcement trailers? They fly under the radar until they're yeah. on an ID at Xbox or a, a, thing, a stage, right? Bear and Breakfast is a laid-back management adventure game where you play as a well-meaning bear trying to run a B&B in the woods. <laughs> Let's yes. fucking go! You kidding yeah. me? Yeah, Not hell yeah. With Lum Bear Jack, another bear game slated for 2022. Um, basically, if there's a bear in the game, I have it on this list. You got to put it on your list, yeah. All right, Barrett, what is your, to round out our 10, to give us our 10th game, what are you picking? Speaking of bears. Yeah. Yeah, right? Um, I was thinking about this because uh, I felt like this uh, <clears throat> was a, a tough pick for me um, just because I'm not as, like, uh, up-to-date on just, like, the, the cool little indies, right, the hardcore games, all that stuff. And I was thinking of, like, you know, PlayStation's just got a lot of games already. Like, what, sure. do, what do I really need uh, for uh, to come there still, right? And so I was thinking of, like, for PlayStation 5 specifically, because that's, like, that's what the topic of the show is called. That's what most likely the headline is going to be. PS5's most wanted games, right? And, you know, the easy answer, you know, Persona, you know, the older Persona games. But I feel like those are probably... I have a I have a, a hunch, bless, that we're going to get the entire Persona series on the new oh, uh, version of PlayStation Plus. Uh, unfortunately, oh, not Persona 4 that. Golden, though, because that's a Vita game. Uh, but mm. we'll probably get the original Persona 4. So I was like, if we're getting them soon, right? Like, I don't want that to be an answer. It's too easy of an answer. I was thinking of, like, maybe shouting out, you know, Portal, uh, the Portal Collection uh, coming to Switch. Uh, you know, I would love to have Portal on uh, I forgot about that. Hardware, really but then y- y'all brought up uh, Half-Life Alex, and, you know, we're already getting to the Valve. I didn't want too much Valve rep- representation on this list. So I want to talk about Assassin's Creed Syndicate for the PlayStation 5. Mm. Now, you may be thinking, well, isn't Assassin's Creed Syndicate available as backwards compatible on the PS5? It is. 
it runs like absolute garbage and is uh is very like harmful for the eyes almost with like how bad the glitching is for syndicate specifically to play on the PlayStation 5. Wasn't so this I, one of wasn't this one of the games when they made the big list of like yeah. oh yeah thousands of games will be at backwards compatible for the PS5 and yeah. Syndicate was like one of the few games where they were like actually no this isn't going to this isn't going to work This isn't well going to work out. Yeah, exactly. And so I think this game deserves the treatment to actually work on the PlayStation 5. Of course, you can check out my full uh, thoughts on it in Assassin's Creed in review that we released uh, last year, uh, a little over a year at this point. Um, I do think it's the the best uh, kind of... Um, original like classic structure of assassin's creed games um with the the open world and uh, taking out towers and all this stuff before they got into the more like modern stuff with like origins and stuff i really think syndicate is the the peak design of that classic assassin's creed formula i think more people deserve to play it i think it's unfortunate that it runs like absolute garbage on the playstation 5 so um that is my official pick yes you can technically play it but your eyes are going to hurt after, like, five minutes of playing it on your PlayStation 5. <laughs> no joke. Like, there are, like, still posts about it. Like, uh, I was looking I've at heard, posts, I've like, seen from, those, yeah. like, a month ago still being like, yeah, wow. like, I can't play this for more than, like, ten minutes without, like, my eyes just absolutely hurting. Like, it, you can technically play it. It's just, like, all of the visual glitches just, like, are obnoxious and obscene. So that's, hmm. my, that's my official pick. Ladies and gentlemen, then, our PS5 top ten most wanted games looks like this, then. Rogue Legacy 2. Patrick's Paradox, uh, Inscription. That's where I started, right? Yeah. Uh, then Half-Life Alex, uh, Before Your Eyes, Moon Glow Bay, uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Wide Ocean, Big Jacket, Bear and Breakfast, and Assassin's Creed Syndicate in no particular order. That's a hell of a list. That's a good, yeah. lo lots to look forward to there. And the game I was talking about at the top that I couldn't remember, Unpacking. Unpacking is another one yeah. I had started on Xbox. Mm -hmm. I had enjoyed it, fell off because of the baby, and then they announced, oh, well, we're coming to PlayStation soon, and I was like, I will wait to finish you then when I get over there. Have you? And, huh? Have you? It's not, out, it's out, it's out, it's not out yet. No, they, they said, we're coming to PlayStation soon, and then really? they kind of went quiet on when it's coming in. Oh. Unless I drastically missed something. I, I but... feel like it was, because it's out on Switch already, right? Right. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I, I mean, yeah. since Greg did his honorable mention, you know, honorable mention to Sunset Overdrive, which I was debating. That was the one I was debating sure. between that and, sure. and also, you know, Katana Zero, Golf Story. And I'm, I'm glad you didn't pick that one, Bliss, because I feel like that would have been too easy. You know, see, I was yeah. in a whole story of like from Mountain like Puzzle Quest Three. I want to give a shout out to, but I, it's it's such a perfect touchscreen game that I just mm -hmm. don't. I don't play. I don't play it on Steam. I can play it on Steam, and, and I know that like, well, I don't play many PC games, but like. Even when I did it here for streaming, I was like, oh, no, I got to this. The mouse, I move too slow with. I want to move over here. I can only imagine with a controller how much slower you're going to be moving on. It. So that's why I put it. However, though, bless, even though you're trying to, you know, thumb me in the eye right now, I do want to give tip of the hat to port it to PlayStation, a segment we tried to get off the ground and then we turned it into a topic of the show right here. So port it to PlayStation, everybody. Never figured out the acronym though, because no, all, yeah, you always wanted to be PSP, and that's why it's stalled every week. Yeah, every no, week you'd be like PSP software when PlayStation. I, when I brought it up in Slack, where I'm like, oh, we got to get make sure we shout out port to PlayStation. That's basically what this this is just a tots version of port to PlayStation. And I wrote out, give a shout to PSP, and then I looked, I reread it, and I'm like, port it to. There's no, I'm just gonna call it port to PlayStation. There's no S there. That's what killed but, the segment. Yeah. That's what killed yeah. the segment. Yeah. Yeah. You know what would kill kind of funny if you didn't support us on patreon.com slash kind of funny games over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can kick us a few bucks, watch the show live, just like Cooper is, that dude Cam is, and Bander SN is. Bander SN found roaches in his house today. Everybody send him some love. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's not. You don't want that at all. Uh, anyway, so uh, if you went to patreoncom games, you could be watching live. You could write in to be part of the show. You could get the post show we do, and of course, you could get the show ad free. But guess what, Jack? You're not on patreoncom games. So here's a word from our sponsor. Shout out to Chime for sponsoring this episode. No one likes waiting on a paycheck, especially when you've got bills due. Good thing there's Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days early with direct deposit. That's up to two more days to save, pay bills, and generally just feel good about your money situation. But Chime is more than just about getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings account. So what are you waiting for? Hopefully not your paycheck. You can get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes you can get started at chime.com slash kf games that's chime.com slash kf games chime.com slash kf games banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp bank or stride bank na members fdic early access to direct deposit funds depends on Hair. Shout out to Babbel for sponsoring this episode. For most of us, learning a second language in high school or college wasn't exactly a high point in our academic careers. Definitely not me. I took Spanish, didn't do well in it the first time, did okay the second time. You know what? We'll move on. Now, thanks to Babbel, a language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions, there's an addictively fun and easy way to learn a new language. Whether you'll be traveling abroad, connecting in a deeper way with family, or you just have some free time, Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons that you'll actually use in the real world. Greg Miller has been learning French little by little, and now when he goes back home to, to Canada to see Jen's family, he'll be able to communicate better. Isn't that a lovely situation? Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language language on the go. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. Right now, you can save up to 60% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash kindoffunny. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash kindoffunny for up to 60% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. One more time, babbel.com slash kindoffunny. Shout out to ExpressVPN for sponsoring this episode. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like walking your dog in public without securing them on a leash. Most of the time, you'll probably be fine. But what if one day your dog runs away or gets dog-napped? It's better to be careful, especially when it's as simple as using ExpressVPN. We've been using ExpressVPN here at Kind of Funny for years now. Me personally, I've been using it, and I know that my internet browsing is secure. It just gives me that peace of mind that I need. Every time you connect to an unencrypted network in cafes, hotels, airports, your online data is not secure but expressvpn creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so they can't and it's great i use it on my desktop i use it on my phone i use it everywhere that i use the internet it would take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past expressvpn's encryption you can get an extra three months of expressvpn at expressvpn.com slash kind of funny that's expressvpn.com slash kind of funny e-x-p-r-e-s-s-v vpn.com slash kind of funny. I'm sorry. Did you just dab? Did he you, dabbed. Did you I saw just it. Dab but honestly, he was smooth with it. I'm not going to lie. He was a little bit smooth with it. I, Thank you very I, much. I approve. I give I'm it conflicted. I'm, I'm officially conflicted by the dab. I know it sucks to see somebody come in and just be a man who can exist in any time period. You drop me in the 20s right now. I'm great. You drop me here and I'm dabbing left and right. Me and Doji I mean, to be Cat. Fair, were out I don't there. think the dab, the dab is late. I was gonna say the dab doesn't exist in the twenties. That was well, very no, much that's what I'm saying. I could I, I'm saying I could things. exist in the twenties with like my top hat and my monocle and like I'm mm. oh man, the Titanic sunk a couple years ago. That sucks. Or yeah, I could exist now dabbing away with Doji Cat. That's what I was dropping in. That's what I was dropping in. I'm pretty sure Doji Cat does not hit the dab, but I No. Yeah. She would though, and if she could pull it off. She would. And she would pull it off because yes. she's Doji Cat. Yeah, Doji Cat's great. Blessing. Let's talk about this week in PlayStation. 
Uh, I want to start off asking the question, could PlayStation acquire Square? Uh, I asked this because earlier in the week, me and Tim had a long conversation about uh, on KFGD about the acquisition of a bunch of Square's Western studios from Embracer Group. I'll go ahead and read a quick article, article from Adam Bankhurst at IGN that goes like this. Embracer Group has entered into an agreement to acquire Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, Square Enix Montreal, and a catalog of IPs including Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, Legacy of Kane, and more than 50 back catalog games from Square Enix Holdings for $300 million. Embracer shared the news in a press release saying this acquisition includes roughly 1,100 employees across three studios and eight global locations. The, the deal, if it goes through, is expected to close during Q2 of Embracer's financial year 2022-2023. Quote, we are thrilled to welcome these studios into the Embracer group. We recognize the fantastic IP, world-class creative talent, and track record of excellence that have been demonstrated time and again over the past decades. It has been a great pleasure meeting the leadership teams and discussing future plans for how they can re realize their ambitions and become a great part of Embracer, says Lars Wingfors, co-founder and group CEO, Embracer Group. Square Enix has shared some of his reasoning behind the decision to sell Crystal Dynamics, Idols Montreal, and Square Enix Montreal to Embrace Group, saying the transaction will allow the company to invest more in the blockchain, AI, and the cloud. Uh, and having the discussion on Monday with Tim, the thing that Tim floated, which I thought was very fascinating, was the idea that this, this could be a process of Square offloading these studios to lean themselves lean themselves up, let themselves up to be more appropriate for acquisition and that could also lean into this um uh them explaining that hey yeah we want to invest more in blockchain ai in the cloud because those could be short term short term solutions to them boosting up their price as well i want to hear from you guys do you guys think that this is a plausible explanation for what's going on here or do you even want to see playstation acquire square enix i don't think they're going to but i would be down just simply because of life is strange <laughs> like they still have life is strange and i'm like life is strange was like i'm still just so blown away by how good true colors was that i'll follow life is strange into the sun so if that means we're getting square why not to, to add more context to you right the reason why tim brought up playstation specifically it actually stemmed from a question that was written into kfgd which was posing that hey final fantasy 16 playstation playstation exclusive right final fantasy remake playstation exclusive for spoken coming up PlayStation exclusive, right? And like those games are also coming to, to PC, or at least first, first Spoken is coming to PC. Um, but you've seen a history of PlayStation partnering with Square Enix for these bigger IP, these bigger titles to come exclusively to the console, um, which is where a lot of the idea is stemming from. But Greg, for you, what are your thoughts? I mean, you know, it's been talked about a little bit more openly once this all started. But like this, when I talked about the three rumors I had heard and one was an acquisition, this is the one I had heard. I had heard that PlayStation was acquiring Square. And I heard that from multiple different sources, uh, you know, so is it happening? Is it not? Was it just scuttlebutt? Was it scuttlebutt? Maybe that, it, you know how this is, you're hearing things third, fourth, fifth hand. Was it that Square was trying to sell their Western studios here? And that was the rumor and was Embracer Group talking to them. And so was PlayStation, like there's a million things. So it's not worth like, the, every, take everything with a grain of salt, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Like, that is what I had heard, though, is that, yeah, PlayStation was trying to buy Square and acquire them. And, you know, it gets into this weird thing where when the conversation was happening about that and there was a rumor, the reason, I mean, as outlandish as it may sound, even though we live in a world, right, where 
everything's getting bought the all sorts of companies activision blizzard and bungie and then uh, uh bethesda right we've seen big stuff happen before it was that thing of looking at square and going like oh i can see how that would work right of course there's so much talk about like how you know square a japanese company and how they wouldn't never they wouldn't want to sell the westerners but playstation still is a japanese company even though they've moved hq to america and yada 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 you could see that but then to look at the studios like Crystal Dynamics in Eidos, Montre Eidos, right, Eidos Montreal, mm -hmm. you can see where that would fit in with a PlayStation first party. But in the same breath, as we just talked about, you can see where the Japanese studios also fit in with PlayStation, right? Because they already are running these exclusives for them. And so that was one of the reasons of like, oh, man, that would make a lot of sense for them to buy them. So when this news initially broke, I was like, oh, maybe I maybe the rumor was half true and it was that square was trying to sell these studios playstation was looking at them but actually went to embracer in the end kind of thing and then when you have the the third knee-jerk reaction to it of like well maybe it is that yeah they're trying to get rid of certain things to make themselves leaner to make themselves more profitable to make themselves whatever to then go and sell it's 2022 and if the last i mean history of video games have taught us anything but more recently these acquisitions have taught us anything it is that anything can happen and so like why, yeah, I'd sit here and go like, oh, no way. You can also go like, oh, well, I honestly could see it happening. I could see them buying it to have Final Fantasy, to have Life is Strange, to have every other, you know, classic Square Enix uh, property, especially in a world where Xbox is, you know, throwing around money and wait to get things exclusive. And yeah, even though Square probably wouldn't ever sell the Xbox, it would be that thing of like, what a great get for PlayStation to be the only place to get these games. Yeah, I'm trying to look it up as, as we talk here because I we talked about it earlier in the week too that PlayStation just hired uh, uh, somebody to be in charge of acquisitions, right? Like to, be, to, to actually lead that charge that PlayStation is, is making because it seems like that's the thing that is becoming more and more important to both Xbox and PlayStation and like these big publishers, right? Including Embracer. It seems like acquisition is becoming more and more of the strategy as we've seen over the years. And it this would not surprise me um, based on all the things we, that we've talked about here. The thing that does surprise me a little bit is that um, they decided to sell uh, Square Enix and uh, Ados Montreal and Square Enix uh, uh, Montreal to uh, Embracer Group just because I could, like you mentioned, Greg, I could see those studios fitting so well um, with PlayStation, right? Like you, right. we've been talking a lot about like what happens with Uncharted, who makes the next Uncharted. Like I could easily see Uncharted in Crystal Dynamics hands uh, based on the work they've done with Tomb Raider and them actually doing a fantastic job with it. For like, sure. Them turning it into something that feels fresh and new that could well, I mean, be a bit more systems-based like uh, Tomb Raider is like crafting and all that stuff. And it would be like totally fucking... I, I, you can close your eyes and see this going straight off a fucking cliff. Mm -hmm. But then you could also give it that, you know, 10% of being really cool. But like a Tomb Raider Uncharted crossover that, and that isn't oh, hokey yeah. and stupid, but is like... Hey, here is this adventure we're doing. What if I mean, what if the next Tomb Raider was Tomb Raider Uncharted and it was like Nathan Drake is involved? You know, not like a playable fashion, right? Nate's story's done, but he is like whatever. I don't even know. He's Sully, he's just a part, even if it's just crossing paths. Like she needs something and she goes and talks to Nate, like you know, to get some artifact and move she the story. He opens up along. a tomb and Nathan Drake is inside. <laughs> he just rocks. <laughs> wait, wait, I'm confused. Where, where, where did we get the like isn't Tomb Raider a part of Embracer though? No. Yeah, that's what we're saying. Yeah, that's what we're saying. Okay, but okay. if, if yeah, like, they hadn't sold off happened. and they oh, had okay, been sold okay, to PlayStation, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so, now uh, I, I, the already, I made this joke online. You're gonna get a strange crossover. I was gonna get your. I said you're gonna get a uh, Lara Croft rating uh, vaults in Borderlands. Going, you know, going after. You're gonna the get Lara Croft on Pandora. What are we gonna get? 
<laughs> Lara Croft and SpongeBob because Embrace Group is owned sure. by yeah, of course, yeah. This is a lot of reckoning. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, to bring in the article I was referencing before, right? This is from a, a few days ago on Video Games Chronicle. Uh, it's Chris Scolian who's talking about how PlayStation is also hiring for an acquisitions manager. They've not actually hired the role yet. Uh, where it reads, uh, Sony is seeking a director to help it make acquisitions and investments in other companies in the games industry. As spotted by business analyst Roberto Serrano, the director of corporate development listing uh, based in Sony's California office says the successful applicant will be mainly involved in identifying potential future acquisition and investment targets. Quote, Sony Interactive Entertainment PlayStation seeks a highly qualified director uh, corporate development. SIE's corporate development team works closely with SIE's management team and is responsible for identifying inorganic growth opportunities, including uh, opportunities through acquisitions, investments, or joint ventures, uh, the ad reads. And so, yeah, like, they're actively now looking to hire folks that will lead this charge for them. Um, which, you know, could that could result in a lot of things. I think the Square Enix thing probably is more f further along than even what this um, uh, this hire they're making would uh, would be involved with. But for sure. even then, like, it, it, this is a signal that it is they ain't done. Yeah, yeah like, they ain't, ain't done, done with this by like, a long shot. Yeah, like, I always, I, like, every single day I forget that Bungie is, it was already acquired at the top of the year. Uh, and, like, I, I was reminded today on Twitter, I was like, oh, shit, yeah, Bungie's PlayStation now. And, like, stuff like that isn't going to stop. And I think uh, Square Enix owned by PlayStation would be a very big move. You know, I'm still, in, I'm still in a place where I think the idea of this big industry consolidation to, like, these gigantic uh, companies, right, in, even including Embracer, right, but, like, you know, Activision going under Xbox, Square possibly going under PlayStation, these Square Studios going under Embracer, like, all this happening is a bit scary just from the idea of, man, all the, like, these different studios that, that all have their IP spread out and all their talent spread out are now getting gobbled up. But I think the, the thing is, as that's happening, so many studios are rising from the ashes. Like, I feel like every other week we talk about how there's a new AAA indie studio that has launched that is working on a different Star Wars, a theoretical Star Wars game or a different thing. Like, you're still having those happen, which is exciting at the same time. So I'm not I'm not necessarily doom and gloom when I hear this news, um, uh, especially because I do think that with those IPs under PlayStation, I could see um, Final Fantasy, um, uh, uh, like the other Square, this the other IPs on the Square side of uh, Square Enix being treated well under PlayStation. Like I don't think they would squabble those IPs necessarily. For sure, I mean PlayStation's great at that, right? And that's the biggest concern, like. And I know this is more about what PlayStation could possibly do, but the biggest concern about the Embracer group and the stuff they're getting, where again, it's like, oh man, it's awesome that Chris Dynamics, you know, who, you know, definitely shouldn't have made an Avengers game, but did. And then Square is like, this doesn't, you know, like, where, who, where everything went wrong with Avengers, and if that's at the top and if that's at Crystal and yada, 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 we can even take that away and just look at Tomb Raider, which was a great reboot some great games that were constantly met with this has not met our expectations yeah and so if they could have gone off and done io interactive style of hitman and you know had their set their own expectations and yada 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 great but like is that what embracer group's gonna be is embracer gonna let them do that like what embracer's great at buying old stuff right now and re and putting out remasters of it or whatever but like are they are re-releases of it are they gonna foster that kind of creativity and where's that gonna go and yet we have the proof isn't in the pudding yet we don't have the pudding Let's talk about our second story for this week in PlayStation. Uh, what PlayStation announcements could appear at Summer Games Fest? Uh, just today, Jeff Keighley and the Summer Games Fest Twitter account 
Twitter account put out the, the tweet of Summer Games Fest Live is happening. I'm going to pull from a press release that I received in my email this morning to break down the deets. Uh, it goes like this. Summer Games Fest Live featuring Day of the Devs SGF edition returns on Thursday, June 9th, streaming live from Los Angeles at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Fans can tune in via all major streaming platforms, including YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and more global outlets. The stream will also be available on co-streams from creators around the world. Summer Games Fest is a fan-first celebration of the future of video games, headlined by an extensive roster of digital events from the world's top game developers and platforms. Hosted by Jeff Keighley, Summer Games Fest Live will feature world premieres, trailers, news, and updates from the world's top game developers and platforms. Last year's Summer Games Fest Live event, uh, and this is interesting because they're referring to last year's thing as Summer Games Fest Live instead of Summer Games Fest Kickoff. They're just re renaming it to Live, seemingly. Uh, that event Better name. It is a better name. I think it is a way better, better name. Uh, that event featured the world gameplay debut of Elden Ring from, uh, by From Software, the announcements of Death Stranding Director's Cut on PlayStation 5 with Hideo Kojima, and Tiny Tina's Wonderland from Take Two, as well as appearances by Ryan Reynolds, Jeff Goldblum, and Giancarlo Esposito. I forgot all about that. Uh, and uh, performances by Weezer and Japanese Breakfast. Um, the reason why I bring up the PlayStation angle of it is, uh, they mentioned, right, you got Elden Ring there, you got Death Stranding Director's Cut there, right, which is a, a direct PlayStation thing, and then you also, they didn't mention it here, but you also got the announcement of Deviation Studios being the new studio to uh, be partnered directly with PlayStation. So for this upcoming uh, Summer Games Fest live event, that is quote-unquote Summer Games Fest kickoff for this year, do you guys think we see something PlayStation? Well, why did Probably. you say Elden Ring? Elden Ring just is another announcement. That's not okay. a PlayStation. Oh, just make, oh, you mean like the caliber announcement. of announcements? Or the caliber of announcements. Just making yeah. sure I'm on the same page. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I imagine like something. I'm trying to think of what that would be because I do think, well, Deviation Studios, I think, was kind of it was major in that it's like a big deal, but it was minor in that I feel like we haven't really had that fully come to fruition in a way that ended up being like a big talking point for us. Right. Like sure. it was like, oh, this happened. And then like that's kind of it. That's not to say that it's not significant or that we're not going to see like some great projects from that team. But it's just kind of like, all right, cool, like more to come later. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure what it would be offhand another, another director's cut i don't know i mean i mean i mean there's maybe? some director's cuts in the and tank yeah like, like directors or uh, last of us oh that'd be a yeah. banger yeah, you're gonna would. have something playstation there in terms of like exclusives but i don't know if does that mean it's a first party exclusive or does that mean like well again i know they say everything's first playstation studios if it's exclusive Maybe like a maybe then to that point like a remake or director's cut and then like some type of tease of what are we calling it phase two right yeah phase two, <laughs> phase two yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah phase two yeah I mean that's the thing like would they burn a Spider Man trailer here would they burn a Wolverine update would they burn something Ragnarok if they were ready to announce Ragnarok in a world where they're not doing a PlayStation showcase in the summer I think yeah like God, that's, the, that's the big question the right release like, date would be good I, if they had I, one I also don't think. It's beyond the realm of possibility yeah. to see something yeah. PlayStation VR two here. Not the full, not the full everything, not everything in the world, right? But like this would be a great spot to uh, show it and talk about it, and then tease that. And like, not, and not even tease. I guess you show a trailer hyping up PlayStation VR two, and then you, you know, weeks later, next week, two weeks, whatever, you announce when you're doing your event to announce what it is and show it, do the PlayStation showcase for it. I feel like they've been really, and I don't know, we're very cursed with PSVR 2 on the show. Every time so we say I something, should, it goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't even say anything, but I feel like they've been really big on not talking about PSVR 2. Like yeah. it's, it, the vibe is that they really want that to be kind of its own separate bucket, uh, which isn't necessarily, a, I think, a bad idea or a bad strategy. But like 
because everything has been so not PSVR 2, not PSVR 2, I'd be a little surprised if they did a teaser for PSVR 2. Um, but I mean, yeah, they have to at some point mention when they're talking about it and like, why not have it on a big stage? But at the same time, maybe that's not I don't know, compelling enough or maybe they don't yeah, want to. Yeah, that's what they wouldn't do. They'll do the I would think they do. With that. You do a trailer again, you know, going through the product shots again of it, like, right, like we know what these controllers look like. We know what it looks like. You do some cool spins and stuff like that and talk about it and again, drive home just the information about it. But then, yeah, you know, and I, but I, I, yeah, you're right. I don't think it ends with catch the full PlayStation showcase on blah, 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 blah. I, unless I think, it's imminent, unless they were going to do something, they had already announced that they're doing something hmm. like Xbox is doing. That's a, yeah, I guess we not, I don't know if we've talked about that, right? Like if PSVR 2 really is the, the end of this year, uh, for judging by the cadence that they've been revealing stuff for it, is that the summer showcase? Like, do we get to July and that it is the, uh, the PlayStation VR showcase as opposed to just the general PS5 thing that, we've been theorizing i mean that would have to be like you know it, it, there's a, there's a lot of different things on the track right where it's like if playstation vr 2 is this year yeah it needs and i now that we're saying all this yeah we are so cursed tomorrow there will definitely be a playstation blog yeah. post on friday morning about all this shit but yeah you'd have to do you have to do a place if playstation vr 2 is this year you have to do a show a show a showcase dedicated to it or uh the playstation state of play about mm-hmm. it that's dedicated to it but then also where's god of war because God of War Ragnarok, if it is this year, needs its own state of play talking strictly about it. And then you have to get those done to be able to talk about anything that happens afterwards, right? Like, when do you talk about mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2? And when do you talk about what's what to be excited for in 2023? Like, you don't have PSX, but do you have some kind of PSX? Are you doing some kind of December showcase? The way I would think you would do it is, like, again, you, I think as PlayStation, you don't you do not do a summer showcase. Because I think you you uh, they've been sticking to fall for at least, like, last year. And so I could see it be be the thing of you get to Summer Games Fest live, you talk about what you need to talk about, which I think would be God of War Ragnarok. Maybe it is like an, if God of War Ragnarok hits this fall, which I don't know if any of us think it is. But if the plan is for this fall, I think you do in another another trailer or something like a big reveal. Atreus is now the playable character. Well, like whatever the thing is, uh, you have that at Summer Games Game Fest live, and then maybe you have like a vr game because you already know like horizon call of the mountain correct the name of the game. uh they have that in the ether right like they're not in a place where they're not talking about the vr games at the very least right i think i could see another trailer for and this this is now me in fantasy land and so like you can walk with me or you can jump off the train but like i could see it be a here's god of war ragnarok trailer and then followed up by also, we're working on a God of War VR game coming out of Sony Santa Monica as well, and it's it not them talking about that axe. Can you imagine like that? Oh, yeah, VR, like the whole just Kratos axe throwing. Basically, it'll be like a so, <laughs> game. Yeah, God of it's War like Kratos that, that Nintendo one where it was like the discs, but with the the axe. But I can see it be, and it doesn't have to be God of War, right? It can be like here's God of War Ragnarok, and then here's a PlayStation uh, first party VR game that we're announcing. Not the VR details, not things about the console, just another game. And then in July, it is the PlayStation VR showcase that is focused on the VR launch in the fall. And then once you get to the fall, right, it is God of War, it is the VR launch, and then you do have another PlayStation showcase that is focused on the future, 2023 and beyond. Uh, beyond. I think that's how they could do it, uh, and I think that would line up with kind of how they've been operating the last couple of years. Okay. Okay. That's my prediction. Mark it down. That's your prediction, but what are your PlayStation picks? Uh, of course, PlayStation picks is where we talk about the games we've been playing this week and also the drop for the week. The drop goes like this. Drop. 
Shrek to Yomi uh, came to PS5 and PS4 on Thursday, May 5th. Among Us Ejected Edition is out on PS5 and PS4 Friday, May 6th. And then Rift Tracks, the game is out on PS4 on Thursday, May 5th. Uh, Barrett's going to bring up a trailer trailer for this one. I do want to talk a little bit about this one because I thought it was fascinating when I saw it. Um, do you guys remember what the dub? Were you, were you guys both oh, yeah. when I talked about what the dub? Mm-hmm. Of course, that was... The, we did play it on stream. Yeah, that was the Mystery Science Theater, like your, your, your Jackbox style game. A uh, knockoff, yeah, uh, where you're putting in like different prompts for them to say on uh, in like the movie scene that they're showing on screen. And you're trying to make the funniest one to get the most votes. This is basically another version of that from the same creators as what the dub. Uh, the description reads, the game is a multiplayer party game where players compete to make bad movies funny. Grab your friends and make fun of some of the worst cinematic abominations ever created. Rift Tracks has been bringing their com- comedic commentary to movies for over 15 years now's your chance to riff alone riff along with them uh do you have what it takes to be the next movie riffing genius uh i watched the trailer for this one right now it's, it's on with uh with no sound for the video watchers the trailer sold me in the exact same way that what the dub sold me where it's like the same exact kind of humor though i think unlike what the dub what the dub i think in actual action once we were playing it didn't live up all the way just because I right. think some of it can be stilted. It was kind of hard to think of good uh, prompts for the the stuff that they're delivering. This seems like it pulls back a little bit and is more focused on just the narration and like add it like add, adding in voiceover for the narrator to to make the scenes funny as opposed to like trying to create a new line of dialogue for what's going on in the thing. And like as watching it, as I was watching it, like as somebody who likes party games and I like Jackbox and all that stuff. I found myself falling back in the trap of like, oh man, this sounds fun. I kind of want to do this on a stream. Um, but yeah, that's Rift Tracks. <laughs> it got me. Well, it's interesting, yeah, because like, I, what the dub I was so excited for as a definitely a lapsed but old school fan of Mystery Science Theater. I remember when we played it, it was like, oh, this just didn't hit that way. And so mm-hmm. I hadn't really been paying attention to this one, but you're saying it looks like it's going to hit? Yeah, Bear, are you able to play it again with sound? We can watch a little bit of the trailer to, um... to get the explanation. Yeah, give me a second. If that's possible. Here. Yeah, because like it has like a, a lot of similarities to what the dub, but it feels like it is them going like, okay, let's try this again. Like we might be able to to, to nail it. This I'm time. glad they got another shot, and I'm also glad they got it licensed with Rift Tracks. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it is the real deal. Everyone, Mike Nelson. I'm pleased to announce that Rift Tracks has teamed up with the makers of What the Dub to bring you Rift Tracks: The Game, a multiplayer party game that lets you riff with the best of them. Grab your friends and make fun of some of the worst cinematic abominations ever created. Featuring over 250 movie clips from Rift Tracks classics such as Roller Gator, Attack of the Super Monsters, and Plan 9 from Outer Space. Featuring two exciting ways to play. Write your own riff and watch your comedy genius come to life via text-to-speech. David was watching his mother make some cookies. And wondering where it all went so, so wrong. Or leave it to the pros and choose from over 2,000 expertly crafted riffs from our Rift Tracks yeah. team. I can't even admit I saw the thing. Amazon delivery drone, got your toothpaste here. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right, I see it, I see it, all right. Yeah, shout yeah, out to Plan 9 from Outer Space, that's a classic one right there. So yeah, that's the, like I I think that's um, a really good solution to the problem that I think we're having a lot with what the dub is like. It was really hard to think of certain jokes for a lot. Well, of the time. also, it just didn't play with the robot voice. You know what I mean? Like so much yeah. of it is like, like even that, that's like a great read on that line. Like so much of that comedy needs to be, I think, the timing and how it is. And so when it's like text to speech, yeah, it just wasn't that great. Yeah, and so like I want to at the very least try this out. Um, and you, you just sent me the code, so I appreciate that. That was really fast, Greg. 
My code is, I've had a code sitting there. I was like, I oh, man, I'm not gonna be able to get to it for a while, and we didn't love the last one, so I'll see. So like the fact you're excited, there you go, bless. Yeah, Play this weekend. It. Get Yami together. Get the whole crew out there. That's yeah, going to be a good time. Uh, Greg, what you pick to play on PlayStation this week? My pick, uh, I won't spend too much time on it because it's like out of the things I've been playing, are a lot are old. I've been playing a lot of WWE. Uh, I, I, it's funny we are talking about you know regretting selling games. For some reason, I got a wild hair of like, I really should. I, I, I want to play a Fallout-like game. And I was like, you know what? Let's boot New Vegas. And so I dug around mm. in my PS3 games to see if I still had New Vegas, and I did it. So I put it on Xbox and played that for a little bit. But I'm just playing a bunch of old stuff, except that I was on the review or stuff that's been out. I was on the review for Truck to Yomi. And so again, uh, I guess we haven't talked about it too much on the show. Uh, but Truck to Yomi is up right now. Our review on the Kind of Funny Games cast. It's me and Andy who beat it, talking uh, to Bless who hasn't tried it, and then Tim who played a little bit of it and bounced. And you know, it's not an uplifting review. It's a sad one. Like, it's a game but we were all excited for it to some extent. And both Andy and I are let down. Like, visually stunning, a really cool style. Uh, but like I said in my uh, uh, the review that then got turned into a TikTok, right, of just like, it's all uh, sizzle and no steak, right? It's all flash and no substance. Like, the combat itself is not that much fun. And I think that you know, it doesn't have a rewarding progression system and so on and so forth. And for me, that means it's overstays its welcome. And so to compare it to something like Rogue Legacy 2 that I can't wait to get back to, that I enjoy so much, that I, I feel like I'm making progress in all the time, this one was a slog to get through at the end. And so it's, you know, like we talked about, like, what's what, what did you pick on PlayStation this week doesn't mean what am I picking as the best PlayStation game. It's what I picked to play this week on PlayStation. And for me, it's a flat one. So I encourage you to watch the review if you were interested in it. Nice. For me, um, I've I've been continuing with 13 Sentinels. I have pretty much beat it. Like right before this podcast, actually, I, I, I sat down to try and knock it all the way out. And now I have like one more uh, destruction mission to do, which is the RTS sections in the game. Um, but I was like, I was marathoning through this game. Uh, and, you know, early in an earlier episode, I mentioned that like, Man, I don't want to look at the how long to beat because I don't want to see that it's 40 hours long and then get discouraged uh, from actually beating it. And now that I look at my PlayStation clock, right, I played 36 hours of this game. Um, <laughs> and I played so much of that on on Sunday, I want to say it was. Either Saturday or Sunday, one of those days. Um, uh, and, like, I went – the game has, like, a tracker where it tracks, like, the percentage you're done with for each section of the game. And I went for, like, this, the pure narrative stuff. I made the jump from about 40% to 80% on all on Sunday. Like I was trying to get this thing knocked out because I knew that my Steam Deck was coming and I wanted to play Rogue Legacy 2. Um, and so I've been trying to get it out the way and I wasn't able to finish it because the game just kept going and going. And honestly, like that is one of my critiques with the game is that the game it keeps going. Like you think this game is ending and it goes on for another five hours. And it's been a bit of a slog, mainly because I think the game is, the story is so good. The characters are so good. The reveals are off the chain, but I think it kind of falls into its own its own trap of having way too many reveals. Like this game has more reveals than I think any other video game narrative that I've ever played. Where like, right when you think you got a grasp of what's going on, boom, here's a life a life altering thing that they that they reveal to you that changes the entire context of the game. Uh, hour later, here's another reveal that changes the entire context. And like all of it's fascinating, all of it works within the lore, all of it is things that they build up to and all the things and you know, they're a payoff to, to uh, in some sense some sense, but I do think they overdo it in terms of how much it went, it wants to lean into surprising the player and mm. doing something very ambitious with its 13 different characters that you're playing through and all their interwining storylines. Because, you know, with how non-linear the game is, right, to catch people up if they've not heard me talk about 13 Sentinels, right, in the narrative portion, you are, again, 
picking between these 13 different characters to play as, and they all have their own stories in this sci-fi narrative, and they intertwine, and um, uh, they all kind of come back around together where they all work together, where you kind of understand, like, oh, shit, this is what th- this is what the full story of this game is. Because of how non-linear it is, there are certain reveals that um, you might be at with certain characters, but you don't make it to with other characters. And so, like, and and with there with there being thirteen characters to manage, it is so easy to get lost of where you're at in the story. Where with um, with let's say I'm playing as Juro Izumi, right? With Juro Izumi, I am like way further along uh, along in his story. So like he's seen some shit. Like he is like, oh man, yeah, I I know this about the world. I know this about the timeline. I know I know this about the Sentinels. But then I hop into Iori's story, and Iori's like. Yo, I'm still on step one. I have no idea what the fuck's going on. And, you know, I think once you get there, it gets so fascinating and, and, and so interesting. But I think the other thing is that, you know, Greg, I think last week you you were talking about, as I was describing it to you, you were like, man, this sounds like it, it could get convoluted. And at that point, being about 40% in, I was like, no, actually, it's surprisingly not convoluted for having these 13 characters and 13 different stories. Sure. I am now sad to report <laughs> <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> having reached the end Friendship of this game. with 13 Sentinels over. <laughs> having, reached, having reached now the ending of this game, for the last, I've said that I've played 36 hours, the last eight hours about, I've been so excited to finish this game so I can watch YouTube videos telling me what the fuck is happening. Because it has gone <laughs> off the rails in ways where I'm like, why? Why would you have this many reveals happening? I think, like, for the people, for nerdy-ass people that love this kind of narrative that wants some, like, deep-ass, nerdy-ass, like, wild-ass sci-fi with, like, a bunch of different reveals and shit, like, this is going to be a wonderland for you. You're going to have such a great time. For me, I reached a point where I was like, you can stop now. Like, we can stop now. Like, the nature of the world is cool. You keep trying to make it cooler, and now I'm just getting more confused the more you do to it, right? It's like that it's like that JRPG or like even anime thing of like at, at a certain point in every JRPG you gotta fight God, right? Like that's yeah. what happens. And like thankfully in in this game, <laughs> spoilers, you don't fight God, but it's a similar level of oh, you had to take it to the craziest degree you possibly could. I was enjoying like, this story and these relationships, and now it's just yeah. I was like, um, I was loving the story. What, I was loving Les, the sci-fi. You know what? You know it's going to come together because it's all going to be about fucking friendship. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Les? man. And they're going to get you it to is. those feels. And even though, like, you're not fighting God, but you're fighting some ridiculous thing, you're going to start crying be because of, like, what, like, you know, what it's going to mean for all of these 13 Sentinels and their Aegis Rims and, like, what that yep. means to them in yep. their hearts. The Aegis Rims were the friends we made along the way, Blessing. That's Very deep. Good. That's actually really deep. That's actually really, really deep. But yeah, like I and I love this game. I adore this game, but I do. I wish it wrapped up way sooner because it just went down a rabbit hole of reveals that I was like, man, eh, like we didn't need to get here. Like now, nothing matters. Wait, you didn't finish it though, right? You said. Uh, I'm done. like on the very last mission. Oh my and, gosh, you're not that wow. Well, like, right. uh, it's, literally, it's gonna take me ten minutes. Like I would have had it finished if I had ten more minutes before the show. Um, okay. Well, they the all say. Thing, have you the uncovered thing, the truth to survive? I have uncovered the truth, yes. And the truth is both mind blowing, but also has made me empty. Like, I, it's, I, I, can't, I can't spoil shit, so it's so hard to talk about. But I will say, what I'll leave you with is this I think I might platinum this game. Oh my I God. Think I might, You're reaching I, levels of toxicity that normally are reserved for Greg. What's going on? I truly love this game. Join us. And I, it sounds like I don't, but you've had two episodes of me just fucking like pouring iteration onto it. So I have to get to this point. Also, Bless uh, also always has one game a year that he platinums. 
That is very nerd. Because Sarah is the same. We always try to get one platinum a year, and he has chosen this to be his one platinum, and I respect. I've chosen this to be the one platinum because it's done the thing that I love, which is now that I'm about to beat the game, I took a look at the trophies, and I was like, ooh. It will take me a few more hours, only a few more hours of game time. But basically, and I could have done it if I had planned ahead. Um, where basically to get the platinum, I need to S rank thirty missions in the combat stuff. And so, if I was being a bit more diligent, you know, I could have knocked that out. And then also, I need to get there's like optional objectives for the RTS missions as well. If I did the object the the optional objectives diligently, I would have had that. But I have ha- I do have like like twelve S ranks in the missions, and then I've done most of the objective stuff anyway i just need to clear that stuff out which i can do and they allow you to do that i think on casual uh mode and so i it's going to be a breeze once i do that and that's only going to take a few hours um the thing is do do i want to put in those vrs and have those take me away from playing real legacy 2 which i'm also loving hell yeah part of me is like no but then the other part of me is like i'm so close anyway and i do i I, at the end end of the day it's one of those if you put it down like you won't get back to it right backlog exactly the file's so big you probably want to knock that out just to delete for thir- is the file big for third i don't think the bat- file is that big i imagine it would be maybe it's not maybe it's one of those ones where like oh i'm surprised it's only like a gigabyte or something it looks yeah, like it's, it's not like huge. it's not like a big it's not like final Fantasy Persona 5 is a 120 hour game and i think the the file size is like yeah file size is like gigs. four four point eighty three gigs yeah yeah it's like it's a very well, for 13 sentinels that's pretty that's that's pretty large four well, gigs yeah, four. No, I thought you said forty-eight. <laughs> no, 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 no. Basically, <laughs> almost. Oh no, that's nothing. Yeah, no, okay, that's. It's not, not doing all that you, to you like have a crazy file size. Um, but yeah, that's my time with Thirteen Sentinels. I've enjoyed it, but man, it went places that I didn't entirely love. That's my. And that is review. the like. I definitely don't agree with that. You need to always beat a game to like review it because you know, like, it's fine as long as you're transparent about where you're at. But like, it is wild how many games. You know, I guess how, one one quick question I have for you about Thirteen Sentinels is like, mm. how much did this change your like critical perception of the game? Like, is it did it actually not skew it, but you just kind of had a bad time? Like, because like for even... me, I think of like Dying Light Two. I was so mm. into that game, and then the end happened, and like the stuff leading up to the end, and I was like, yeah, this was fine. Like, it wasn't the second coming. No, like I didn't I have that be. because the game still has so much going for it that is incredible. I do think that what it does with the 13 different storylines and how they in, in, um, in, overlap, I think is really impressive still. And like the gameplay setup of like, the fucking reveals in this game are insane. And I think like insane in a good way, but then it, it ends up getting insane in a not so great way. Um, but like when it gets there, it's not like it takes away from all the other incredible stuff mm-hmm. in the game. Like I still love the characters. I still love the story. I still love, I, even the RTS gameplay, I am surprised by how much of a good time I'm having with it. Like I'm having a blast with it. Like uh, art style, music, like there's so much that the game does that is so good. It's that thing of when you love something so much that when it stumbles, you notice it extra because you mm-hmm. want it to be perfect. And I think 13 Sentinels was so close being perfect pristine mm-hmm. but it got to the place where it was like why why did we go all the way here <laughs> like and they uh, and uh until you guys know they did explain why they're naked in the sentinels just so oh, you guys okay because i was brought so up why when I first are they naked or was that a big uh, spoiler? spoilers spoilers big spoilers big spoilers but also one of the things where i'm like this is fucking crazy like why would you I'm take probably me never here? gonna play this game though yeah, i feel like you can just tell us yeah yeah i mean oh, like, you don't know this. if the audience listening 
might care though. Well, I can save it for the post show. I can do a post show. Spoiler. All right, post show. I want to know why these people are nudie inside these Sentinels. Now, speaking of platinums, <laughs> what are you been playing, Janet? Yeah, I um, rebooted up Horizon Forbidden West. Um, I'm working on my platinum run of that game, but I'm also like doing a semi, like a lazy completionist like run where I don't think I, I don't think I'm gonna complete everything because that'd be kind of insane, especially if you think about like. Oh, upgrading all the armor sets or something, even like the ones I'm not going to use again. But I am sort of logging, like tracking the trophies and then kind of like going where my heart desires. And occasionally I'll pop back in and be like, what trophy could I maybe work on? Maybe I can knock one of these out real quick. But I'm doing like side quests that I probably don't even need to do because I'm like, I just want to kind of like clean up as much of the map as I can. Like I like the game, so I'm enjoying playing it. Um, if I want to get the platinum, I could probably get it a lot faster than I'm going to end up getting it. Okay. Uh, assuming that I do end up getting it and you know make the time for it. But like something like there's a trophy for upgrading two armor sets completely. And I'm going to do that with one of the purple armor sets because that's the one I use. But sure. like it's going to take way longer because it requires like really, More you know, stuff. a bunch of high level stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And people in the chat were like, why don't you just upgrade the green one? It'll take like two seconds. I'm like, but I don't want to use the green one. Look at I you. You're doing it right. One. You know, you're not you know, just out there yeah, trophy like, whore and you're doing this the right way. I'm like, yeah, it's a, there's a purity here um, or something. I don't know. Uh, anyway, but I also finally played Strike because I didn't play it like for the review. because I, I just didn't care to play it. Like, again, they were explaining the rules and I'm like, you're throwing a lot of words at me i don't understand or care to hear them but then one of the trophies is like winning two strike games which is appreciate that they don't make you play all the games just two win two okay cool i started so i had to learn how to play and i'm like oh god how's this gonna go and honestly i like strike i'm a pro like like i'm a like not like pro like professional but like i am for it i'm down for strike <laughs> i don't I hate wish... this i don't hate this on site yeah i i i might I might say that I like it. I think I, I, I might hit up a couple other games. Like now I want to get like the pieces and stuff. Like it's fun. And it is actually a, a pretty simple game. I don't know what about it kind of was off putting to me when I first heard it. Maybe it's cause it was in that opening area where you're like getting a lot of information. You're like, I just want to run and be free. Like, I don't want to sit here in this, you know, Osram camp where I'm like fighting for workers rights, but also kind of like, maybe we don't need to fight that hard. Cause Aloy, it's kind of like that weird in between all, for everything anyway but i stuck with it i checked it out and i liked it actually a lot it's it's pretty simple it's a lot of just like flanking and like just thinking about the point distribution and like i like that it incorporates the again such a late take on strike but i like that it incorporates the different like creatures and stuff and the idea of like environmental um kind of buffs that you get for like where you place the stuff yeah i like strike i'm down for strike I don't know if I'd go like all out where if they made a physical version of it, I'd buy it. But I, I enjoyed my time with it. Um, other stuff I knocked out. Jeez, what else? Like I did more of uh, something I still don't like the freaking races because the yeah. trophy attached to one of those. Yeah. That still doesn't feel good. Um, also, the races are stupidly long. Like I they was are? like in first yeah. place. Remember when like, I did that on a post show here with us, and I was like, yeah, "This is like, still going." They're like several, and then there's no, there is no icon saying how far into the track you are. Like there's no lap counter or like distance counter. So I'm like, honestly, like I was streaming it, and I'm like, if I don't get first here because I get like knocked out last second, which I don't even know where the ending of this thing is, I'm gonna like rage quit because i can't do this again like i'm not gonna do it again um but yeah i'm having fun with the platinum overall hanging out in that world um and they fixed too the final trophy for those who might not know someone messaged me on my patreon about this but i hadn't like seen it myself until i booted up the game but if you missed that final missable trophy which was like kind of the only missable i think where you have to scan 
uh, the basically the final boss and like one of the enemies before the final boss. Like I didn't scan those, um, so I didn't have that trophy. And I'm like, well, right. we'll deal with that later. Maybe I'll have to beat the game on easy or something and just run through it. But no, they just gave it to you. Like they gave you that scan. Oh. So if that was deterring you from completing the game or from getting the platinum, uh, you know, you can totally return because you have that trophy now, or at least that that um, you have that entry. You know, you still need to scan all the other ones. So I'm still working on that trophy because I'm missing a couple creatures. But how far yeah. like, do you think? Are you to the point where you think like by next week you're going to have it platinum or is it way further than that? No, it's way further. And then it, it just really depends on like how I'm going about it. If I were to sit with it like a whole day, that'd probably be like a pretty big chunk. But I just don't have any real plans for what I'm doing. Like I streamed it sure. last week. because so I'm still doing random streams on Saturdays. Uh, typically on Saturdays, I stream like a game my community picks. But I gave myself a break from like the community games after doing God, what was the last? Outer Wilds, which was like a, a long process that was worth it at the end. But like it took after Outer Wilds and Demon Souls for like the community stuff. I'm like, y'all, I'm taking a break from these big games. Like ain't no one in the community want me to play a two hour game. That's my beef. Where's like the short, quick hit experience? Everyone's like, go into this. Like the next one I'm going to play is Yakuza for the first time. Oh, I'm like, that game's huge. Yeah. I'm going to wait Good luck. for a second before Janet, I do that I've up. tried yeah. like five times. I've tried five times to get in Yakuza the series as a whole and i just can't i can't no. i, I, well, I have the same way you know, I, I dig it while i'm playing it but it's just so hard to stick with it for some reason i do two streams at minimum of four hours a piece to like and if i don't like i definitely won't like Force play through yourself. a game i hate because i'm like that's just going to be bad for everyone involved like it's not gonna be fun but i think i'll probably like it enough um Did you ever play so judgment? is the thing no i haven't played any okay. of that i, I okay. think uh the one my community picked i think they're leaning on either zero or like a dragon i have to check with them to see which one they want but sure. um yeah so i don't know i have no idea what my future with horizon holds but i really do want the platinum i just don't know how much time i'm going to be carving out for it so like i'm sure i'll mention it again on the show hopefully so we'll see where i'm at when uh i return but yeah all right I'm excited for that update later on. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited to do a post show, which we're about to do over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Of course, if you're watching live right now, you already knew that. But before we get out of here, we have a very special returning outro segment. P.S. We love you. XOXO. Now, this is written by Barrett, but he wants me to read it. So I'm going to read it. As you know, some of us here at kind of funny. Barrett and Blessing, are big fans of Persona 5 Royal. And today, to wrap up the show, we wanted to end with a hashtag, P.S. We love you, for one, Billy Kometz. Billy is not only the voice actor for... Takato Maruki. Thank you. In Persona 5 Royal, but plenty of other voices and things you may uh, love, like Metal Lee in borudo uh ferdinand in fire emblem three houses and yosuke josuke josuke uh in jojo's bizarre adventure billy was recently diagnosed with stage four colon cancer and because he's given us plenty of great memories with characters he has voiced we wanted to help him uh we wanted to help send him some love in the classic kind of funny best friend fashion there is currently a GoFundMe to help with his treatment bills. There'll be a link in the description below. Uh, but if you can't give anything, uh, we think it would be nice to see some love on Twitter as well. So if there's anything Billy hasn't, if there is anything Billy has been in that you've been a fan of, tweet at Billy Kometz, and it's K-A-M-E-T-Z, uh, to show him some love and tell him what your favorite role of his is. Well, that's very oh, yeah. sweet, Barrett. I like that a lot. Thank you for bringing yeah, that to our awesome. attention. There is yeah. no Persona 5 Royal without Billy. Yeah. Uh, Maruki, you know, we've talked about a, a lot. Uh, he, he pops off screen because of uh, Billy's performance. I've talked a lot about, like, I, I do think Billy, like, genuinely deserved a nomination for uh, uh, I'm best, performance. Uh, best performance uh, the year that game came out because, yeah, I really don't think that, like, 
on like on paper and script writing he's great but like billy's performance really in the the english dub like really pulls pulls that all together and he's been in so much other things that i know uh people love and like even just like watching his um video where he uh, announced his uh diagnosis like i don't i'm not super familiar with him outside of uh, uh his role in persona um but he just seems like a really positive dude like here like even just in the face of hearing this news he's just like continuing to try to keep it positive and uh, you know there's a lot of things that you know uh reflects in him that i uh, that i see in the character and performances that he uh he gave with maruki and stuff so i just thought uh it, it would be nice to, to shout that out because uh, i was streaming earlier this week and someone brought that to my attention so uh you know give what you can uh even if that is just a, a tweet saying like hey like you were great in this uh you're in this anime that we love or this game that we love and uh you know just send him some love that way because i'm sure he would appreciate it Again, Billy Kometz, uh, K-A-M-E-T-Z on Twitter. However, I did go and make a short link. Kindoffunny.com slash Billy will take you to the GoFundMe page if you have the money or the means to drop some cash there. I know it's easier if you're in your car right now probably to remember kindoffunny.com slash Billy. So go ahead and do that. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a post show to do on patreon.com slash games. But remember, of course, this has been PS I Love You XOXO, your PlayStation podcast each and every week. Janet, Blessing, Barrett, and myself come together to nerd out about all things PlayStation and recap the week in PlayStation. If you like that, of course, get the show ad free, patreon.com slash games. Watch it live or write in, all that jazz. Uh, if you have no bucks to toss our way, no big deal. Each and every Friday, you get a brand spanking new episode, youtube.com slash games, roosterteeth.com, and podcast services around the globe. Uh, if that wasn't enough, you can use uh, Kind of Funny on the Epic Game Store or when you're using your uh, Fall Guys or your, your your Fortnites or whatever. Wherever you're playing any of that on your PlayStations, you can go ahead and use the Kind of Funny creator code there. For now, post-show time. So until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.